0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, everybody. Four minutes past uh, four. I have a feeling today is going to be a good day. I have a feeling that yesterday... I was right. I said I didn't think everything was going to go exactly to plan yesterday. And I was right. It didn't go exactly to plan. It was near as damn it, near as damn it, but it didn't quite make it. Because if you remember, we had an interview to do at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Uh, She was in early. And uh, we did the interview, which was lovely, and it was great. And then I had to literally scoot out of the building, get in a taxi with with a producer, and we had to scoot over to Farringdon to do Liz Hurley. Well, the traffic is abysmal. In London, I don't care. I mean, how, how many of you cope? Well, actually, not at this time of the morning, but how many of you cope during the daytime when you're driving and you've got to sort of put up with stops? I'll tell you what it is. It was traffic lights. We just sat for ages at traffic lights where there was nobody crossing the road. There was no nothing at all. And you, re- you end up getting short-tempered. You end up getting a little bit short-tempered. But of course, I couldn't do anything about it. I said to the producer, listen, if we actually get there, um, I've said we're definitely going to get a shorter interview. Because we'd heard that Liz Hurley needed to be in the car at 11.20. So we get there at 11. So the most that we're going to get is 13 minutes. She is lovely. There's no two ways about it. She is absolutely charming and lovely. And uh, and was wonderful. Uh, it's just it was too short, the interview. So I don't, I don't know how we're going to play this one out. Well, I've got a rough idea. We've sort of given the, the other producer. It was like a cast of millions yesterday. Like six people involved in this, sort of booking the cars, getting backwards and forwards... And you get in the car, and then the, the, the driver on the way there was sort of laughing. We're having a chat in the back, and I'm going, oh, she'll be saying this, she'll be saying that. And he was having a little chuckle to himself. Anyway, we sort of got there uh, with, with a bit of time to spare. But it's just by the time you get in the studio, and everybody was lovely down there. It was, it was really great. So we did that. Uh, and then we sort of suffered back in the traffic here. And then I got back because my candles had arrived yesterday. And they're these candles. They're called salted... Salted... I can't blame remember now. Salted caramel, I think. Whatever it is, it smells just delicious. It's, so I bought 20 uh, tarts. They're called tartlets, I think. Apologies for that. And, uh, and the other little thing, a little sort of... Don't, and they put fit in little glasses, and it's lovely, because I bought two of these big... Salted caramel. Whatever it is, it's the most delicious smell. At one time, it was all vanilla. Everybody was vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. Now, salted caramel, fantastic. So, got back home. Lovely weather. Quite nice, a little bit tired. You know, y- you do get tired just sitting just sitting in a car in the back. of it. If you're not driving it, it's stop, start, stop, start. Traffic lights were driving me mad. Absolutely mad, I'm afraid. Yes, Yankee candles do the salted caramel. It's de- it's like a brownie sort of colour. It's delicious. I should have brought one in for the producer. I thought, no, why waste the money? And uh, and also, he wouldn't appreciate things like that. He, does, he probably doesn't have scented candles at home. Do you have scented candles? Well, you're not having these ones. Uh, the funny thing is, a friend of mine, she lives in Brighton, she hates scented candles. She only likes um, plain candles, whereas I go for scented candles. Jo Malone, given the choice, uh, or Penhaligans and the Yankee candles, but it's got to be this salted caramel, because it just smells, it smells like toffee and just all sort of wonderful things, all sort of wonderful things. Uh, I did manage to get the sucker off the windscreen, this is the thing that fixes the little camera to the windscreen. I've got a, I've got a knife and put it behind it. <laughs> I to get it off. I thought the windscreen was going to crack. Uh, today, I'm taking my friend Mandy. Because she needs to go and buy some sweets, lots of sweets, to put in little goodie bags. So I said, well, I'll take you to Costco. So I'm taking her to Costco today. So that's, uh, that's quite nice. What else are we doing today? You know, I went through the, uh, the papers. It's only because I turned on the television the other day and I can't stand her. I can't stand her. This is, you know, another one of those those people who you turn on the television and you think, oh, I can't bear you, can't bear you. It was so funny. Somebody apparently wrote in ages, I think it was a couple of years back, and they said, all you do is moan about things, moan about things. Well, I don't like you either. And I thought, well, what are you moaning about then? You're doing exactly the same as I do. The difference is, I get paid. You don't get anything at all, apart from wasting a stamp. So here she was on the television the other day, Stella English. This is the one who took Lord Sugar to court. And she lost big time, you know, not the big I am anymore. Pitched up on the Matthew Wright programme the other day. I I didn't know who she was, actually. I sat there thinking, who are you? And then they actually told us. Anyway, she went to court the other day. He was trying to get money out of her to cover the costs, and he lost that one. So it's kind of like one all at the moment. It's a one all thing. But anyway, she's down to her last £200. Times are so hard, and she can't afford to feed her son, or she can't afford to do anything at all. And I thought... Well, it only goes to prove that you're not obviously as clever as you think you are. All these people that come off the Apprentice, you know, she's not what she claimed to be, and that was and that was the problem. I mean, she had a job, she had a job, you know, she was also earning decent money, and then and now she's down to two hundred. I should imagine the producer's got more money in his bank account, not much more though, is it? Two hundred and ten pounds. He goes. He's got two hundred. Oh, here we go again. Pink bracelet time. Bit of trouble with this one. So anyway. <clears throat> One of my friends, but you've still got it on. Have you taken it off? Yeah. Oh, right. Do you take it off for special moments, like sort of showering or something? Is it waterproof? It's lovely. Still haven't worked out why he's wearing it. It, doesn't, it just says hashtag, doesn't it, or something. We've got no idea what this means. It's probably some secret club in the West End that I've missed out on. Where, where, where do you go on a Friday night? Uh, we'll get a hashtag. It is that kind of thing. You know, years ago, they put a little stamp on your wrist when you, when you go into a club, and then when you go out... You know, to have a cigarette or come back in again. They go, oh, you got it, yes. And what we used to do is to wet our hands and rub it over the stamp, and then it came off on the other side. It was, it was quite simple. But you know, now they, they give you little pink bracelet things, which is sort of a bit like going to the Reading Pop Festival or Glastonbury or something, and presumably that signifies that you've paid the entrance fee. But he won't tell us what this one is, and it's beginning to get on my nerves now. It's now beginning to annoy me so much. You know, I'm thinking of violence thinking of violence you know somebody wears it so what are you wearing it for oh, what are you wearing it you just when well, you can't get an answer out of somebody that's what i hate and it doesn't mean anything we just is it taking it off now oh god are we all oh is it magnetic oh right oh i like oh i like it more now but i still yeah all right so you can put it on your wrist and it's magnetic. It's very clever, but it's not, it's not exactly a circus act, is it? You're not going to go anywhere. But we just don't know what it is. Have we, have we typed on the internet, pink girly bracelet with hashtag written on it? Because I have a sneaking feeling it's some bondage club in Clerkenwell. I don't know why, I've just got a feeling I'm going to go in there and find myself hanging from a wall that looks like a dungeon. Actually, we have a dungeon story for you for today. The local village hall... We are the Village Hall. It used to be Preservation Society. I think it's Dungeons now. It's all very worrying. Um, and, uh, yes, it's brownies, bowls and Fifty Shades of Grey at the Village Hall. In my day, it was all a little bit... Oh, there we go. Hashtag bracelets. Hashtag bracelets. Did you see it? I go um, There, look. Oh, is that it? No. This is really... Str- this is now turning into some sort of Miss Marple. It's turning into something very, very odd. When you go back, it did say hashtag bracelet. Hashtag bracelet when you go back go go down. Is it is it not the one? Right. There you are hashtag bracelets and No, it's not, is it? It's all very odd. It's it's a secret club. Years ago it was the Hellfire Club, now it's the hashtag bracelet club. So in other words, you walk out on the street, or Leicester Square probably at this time of the morning, and there'll be somebody standing on a street corner. The grey goose flies at midnight. You know, and you show them your hashtag bracelet and immediately you're whisked off somewhere where you can go and get a decent kebab at this time of the morning. I still think it's a dungeon. I don't know why. I have a horrible feeling it's some bondage domination thing that he's into. <laughs> Might not be, but that's, that's, that's the fantasy for this morning. Anyway, 12 minutes past four. And uh, they've got... Uh, I love this one here. Considering she's been a cookery expert since the swinging 60s, you thought there'd be little for um, for Mary Berry to learn about. And then she was confronted with a rather exotic tea loaf on this week's episode of The Great British Bake Off. She had to extend, expand her mind to the idea of hemp made from cannabis plants when a contestant decided to use it in flower form. I know nothing about hemp, a slightly worried Miss Berry confessed, before innocently asking contestant Howard Middleton, is it grass? Is it grass? <laughs> they just love things like that. I love Mary Berry. I love Mary Berry. Do you know how many more days can we have a picture of the Queen sitting in this lounge? With the Canadian Prime Minister. I mean, it's about day number three, I think. Alistair Campbell. I was, uh, I was outside the front door yesterday. Alistair Campbell came in. Hi, Steve. Uh, I said, uh, hi, Al. You know, because we're on those sort of terms. Actually, I think he thought I was just holding the door open for him. And, uh, and apparently... You know, yesterday we were talking about what you can say to somebody. If you actually say to somebody, you are really gorgeous. You're very... Sec- no, I'm just, I'm just explaining what I was saying yesterday. Apparently, that's not good. And then there's a girl here who worked in a call centre... And her boss said, you have the best legs in the office, which is, which is OK. We have, you know, you know, pink, pink hashtag. Hairiest legs ever. Seriously, it's like a yeti. It's honestly, it is. Somebody said to me the other day, have you seen his legs? I said, well, you know, not intentionally, no. But uh, it's a hairiest legs you've ever seen in your entire life. So that's, that's what even, even reaffirms even more. There's probably one of these clubs for sort of elderly eaten gentlemen who wear corduroy trousers. Short corduroy trousers, with little jackets and bow ties, and they all meet up and have have a spiffing time, you know, with sort of cakes and Lucasade or something, or fizzy pop. Anyway, this uh, this, uh, bloke said, uh, you've got the best legs in the office. Unfortunately, he went a bit further. He patted her on the bottom, which is what you would consider inappropriate behaviour. And uh, anyway, she took him to court. She got uh, £13,000. Owen Kennard told 22-year-old Elizabeth Cowhig, I think her name is, Cow. it's an unusual name, isn't it, um, that uh, she was fit and sexy. And people don't like being told they're fit and sexy. I mean, she probably does, but she should not want it from an old crone like him. You know, you want it from somebody who you think, oh, you're quite, you know, if, if somebody equally attractive says you're fit and sexy, well, then that, that's quite nice. I mean, I've never heard those, those phrases used with me for forever, <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, the judge said uh, he's old enough to be her father. Yeah, but he isn't that it was just inappropriate behavior again so just be careful if you're at work and there's somebody there who you who you fancy and there might be don't uh, don't sort of come on to them until you get the the right signals and to be honest with you I've got no idea what the what the signals are because I'm hopeless at reading signals I mean I couldn't tell if somebody wanted to go out with me or if they didn't I mean it really is most bizarre I'm afraid uh, 84850, uk. so uh Club hashtag is in California, apparently. It's a very gay club, say Ian and Rosie. <laughs> well, I, I thought it'd be something in Clerkenwell. I don't know why. When I went, uh, twice I've been through Clerkenwell recently. At each time I go through there, it looks like one of those areas that at night becomes slightly dodgy. You know, the sort of place you wouldn't want to uh, to go to. Anyway, poor old TJ is a rotty. Not a mastiff, he's a rotty now. He's changed. And uh, he says, I'm going to be calling him Houdini. He got out the cage again. So it, I even bought a muzzle, and he got out of that too. It's now getting quite amusing, as I've not got to re-varnish the door He scratched while trying to open them. At least he hasn't chewed the front door, which I repaired at the weekend. It's turning into a disaster, this dog, isn't it? I think you're, you're, you're going to be better off with a dog whisperer. Everybody seemed to agree the other day that a dog whisperer was the way forward. And I think, you know, to go, like, hello. You know, and the dog goes, I can't hear you. I go, that's all I want you. I still can't hear you. It's because I'm whispering. I'm known as a dog whisper. Yeah, I can't hear. I can't. There's people listening at the radio. now am What's Why does he keep going? I can't hear anything. Quarter past four. Nick Ferrari and the team. After seven o'clock this morning, as delegates at the Labour Party conference voted unanimously to renationalise our railways. And post offices, Nick will be asking, is this a good idea? Plus, why does Osborne want to go to court over bankers' bonuses, and why is another London hospital being downgraded? I'm led to believe it's Enfield that's been downgraded. Looking at the papers, deputy editor of the Sunday Express, Rachel Jane, will be in the studio. Okay, back to the uh, the paper. We've got some great showbiz stories, great showbiz. Stories. But I, I do like the uh, the bondage one, the village hall branching out. Uh, it offers the local uh, community an opportunity to learn how to practise bondage on a budget. And guess where it is? Cambridge. Cambridge. The home of bondage, ladies and gentlemen. You know, want to tie your neighbours up? Come home to Cambridge. Really want to see your granny hanging from the rafters and a pair of manacles? Come to Cambridge. Apparently it's called kink on a budget, spanking an impact play. Well, I don't know, either I'm getting too old for this kind of thing. I can't imagine why kink on a budget and flogging would be remotely interesting to anybody at all. I'm a bit boring, actually. I'd rather do a tapestry. I can't quite get my head around it. The good news is that it's only 10 quid, and they're going to offer tea and biscuits. So I'll go anywhere for a wafer. Chocolate-covered... Actually, just wafers, full stop. Pink and white wafers. I could eat old Boxville. But uh, attendees bring their own money-saving ideas to the workshop, which will cater to fetish fans affected by the economic downturn. Do you think there's fetish fans listening to this programme at the moment? God, I think people are being whipped in time to my voice or something. Well, apart from the obvious fetish fan that we know about, yeah. We don't, uh, we don't want to sort of make too much of a big deal about it, do we? Anyway, <laughs> so... He's looking up now, looking up. Don't, don't, don't mention it, don't mention anything like that. Only got to mention being tied up in handcuffs and something electric and he's there straight away. It's, you can see the look of excitement on his face as he sort of ventures into Leicester Square later on. <laughs> I always say, now that the statue's in Leicester Square, it looks so much nicer. It's so much nicer. We've, we've campaigned for years to bring the thing back, and finally it's been unveiled, and it's got the water things that go round the outside. They'll be broken by the time we get to winter. You watch. it'll You'll have an ice an ice fountain there, which, which looks particularly lovely. Anyway, uh, breakfast and introductions, and then sessions covered by hypnosis spanking and communication and negotiation, and Maid Sarah will be serving sandwiches, crisps and fruit. You see, I must be dead boring. I don't have any kinks. I really don't. I mean, I like them. I like a, a cheese and pickle sandwich, if that's a kink. I suppose that could be considered. And I do like egg and bacon sandwiches. But egg and bacon, so it's chopped egg. And sort of bacon, it's uh, not the same, is it, really? Yesterday, we, were, but we all decided in the office, in fact, James O'Brien and I both decided that our favourite food, but we can't have it because it's just so bad, is fried bread with beans and an egg on the top. And even uh, James's producer, Lucy, she went for that in a big way. And I said, but the trouble is, you can't have fried bread now. It's just so bad for you. It's terrible. I feel very sorry, actually, for for Mrs Galbraith. Uh, well, her name's Charlotte, and uh, she goes to get married. Her father stands up to do the uh, the speech, drops dead. That's a massive heart attack. I mean, she was ushered out of the room by a friend as attempts were made to uh, resuscitate him, but it didn't happen didn't happen. He was uh, he was only 65. He never regained consciousness and the couple spent their wedding night in mourning. He just stopped talking, says Mrs Galbraith. He fell to the floor and there was screaming and panicking. I rushed out of the room. Everything was fine. We had drinks and canapes and went in to sit down. I mean, absolutely terrible, isn't it, really? But at least the saving grace is he got to see his daughter married and it's that funny age and it's 65. You're celebrating your birthday today. You kind of go into panic mode, don't you? But anyway, the the wedding guests have have raised £1,800 for a fun run to buy a defibrillator for the hotel. Now, that's what I call a useful present. That's what I call a useful present for a hotel. Because, I mean, hotel, I'm assuming, don't all have defibrillators. That's that thing where they go, stand back. (laughs) And allegedly it sort of gets your heart uh, pumping again. we we'll use it in dungeons as well, I should imagine. And, uh, but it didn't work in this case. They didn't have a defibrillator, so they've now bought one. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's the most sensible present I've ever heard anybody ever buy. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Michelle Heaton, the least talented one out of uh, some little singing group uh, the other day, turns up with lots of bra... She's a dreadful attention seeker and a foul mouth, I'm afraid. Can't stand her. But anyway, she... Uh, she was carrying lingerie, you know, in her open hand, hopefully to get a picture in the paper. Unfortunately, she didn't quite achieve that. Uh, nobody's interested in Michelle Heaton. She's kind of like yesterday's news. But luckily, Chantelle Houghton is still trailing around with her photographer friend and her daughter called Dolly. Uh, she's fifteen months old. I oh, don't know what is it about these girls that they seem to parade in the papers now. You know, I don't want to be rude about the kid because it's not the most attractive you've ever seen. It's in fact, it looks like it's overeating to start with. But uh, Chantelle out there, what does she do for a living? Answers: She doesn't have a job. She's never done a day's work in her life. Never done a day's work in her life. Nancy delusional was out the other day as well, putting on a front of a figure hud- hugging sort of outfit with boots on. I mean, if anybody ever looks like a NAF dominatrix, it's uh, Nancy Delusional, I'm afraid. She was at some... Thi- I mean, she just looks old. Old and very haggard, with really bad hair. Talking, though, strange enough, to Mohammed Al-Fayed. But uh, they were all there. Dragon's Den presenter Kelly Hoppen. There's something not right about Kelly Hoppen, isn't it? I don't know what's going on there. And uh, Nicky Haslam. Camp as a Christmas tree. If ever you've seen Nicky Haslam. In fact, I'm looking at one of the pictures. It looks like Nikki Haslam trying to get in on the, uh, the act. And, uh, oh, it's... Although it's a private view for Karim Fayed and Nancy Deloglia. I mean, she's way too old to be looking like this. Way too old, darling. It's, uh, it's a shame, really, that something could look that unattractive, wearing probably clothes that have cost a small fortune. But, uh, no, you, you look ghastly. Really, really ghastly. And still single, I believe. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Kimberly Walsh. She is tiny. If you've ever seen... when you saw, I mean, Liz Hurley yesterday, my new best friend, uh, is... Uh, I think she's 48, so a little bit older than myself. Uh, but she looks fantastic. But I do ask her in this uh, Steve Allen one-on-one, intimate, intimate I mean, can you ever believe, years ago, I did start off by saying, years and years ago, can you imagine talking about breast cancer, a man talking to a woman about breast cancer because her grandmother died of breast cancer because she didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't know how to tell people that she had a, a lump and, and said, now we we, we can actually talk about it. People can talk about things like this. And I did say to her, I said, you know, what's your, what's your regime for looking, for looking healthy? You know, do you, do you drink a lot? Do you not drink a lot? And she said, no, she hardly drinks at all. I think she drinks. She said one, one glass would be enough for me to send me over the edge. Uh, she doesn't have any processed food in her cupboard. She's got no tins of beans. She's got no, nothing, nothing like that at all. Uh, for her, pigging out, which she does apparently very, very, very occasionally, pigging out, having something her body wouldn't normally have, would be to have some fish fingers. So she she doesn't eat anything. She eats she eats healthy. She's apparently got an organic farm, she told me. And says so she eats healthy. And I, I was mentioning it to a friend of mine yesterday. And she said, what, well, she doesn't drink? I said, no, I said she doesn't. And you look at her skin. She's got lovely skin. You know, really nice. I mean, I'm quite lucky. I've got quite nice skin as well. You know, if, if, if we turn the lights down in the studio, it could look perfect. And um, and, that's, and that's the way forward. I said to her, I said, Awful. we were talking about how to try and keep away from cancer. And, and you don't know what it is. We've obviously all got it in us. It's obviously something that triggers it off. It's knowing that thing. And the one thing that they want for all the cancer charities, be it breast cancer, testicular cancer, and men can get breast cancer as well. Men can get all of these cancers. It's money. Funding. That they want. It's funding. They want more and more money. So uh, hopefully that'll be running this weekend. But I'll I'll let you know a little bit a uh, little bit later on. Uh, Leanne Pinnock. Who on earth is she? Well, parish in Little Minx, uh, who who launched their uh, their smart range of cosmetics the other day. I mean, seeing as the dolls are remained in Poundland, it can't be long, can it, before the cosmetics go roughly the same way. Hello, magazine has got Kate and A to Z life of her exciting life in London. And uh, William Pipper and... H- I'm so bored with Pippa Middleton. I'm so over Pippa Middleton. I really couldn't care less about her anymore. I've never known a woman, you know, jump on the publicity bandwagon and just drives me mad. And Hello Magazine has got Tamara Eccleston, who apparently has got herself pregnant. Oh, lovely. Oh, well done to uh, her. Daily star this morning, apparently Catherine Tilsley. This is the attention-seeking Catherine Tildesley, who, again, can't move without a photographer being standing there. 30 years old, she's apparently an actress... She plays Eva Price, although I defy anybody to tell you the name of the character she plays in Coronation Street. Uh, she has begged Twitter trolls to stop sending her X-rated snaps. It's a sad, desperate attempt at one last vestige of publicity for poor old Miss Tilsley, who can't get arrested nowadays because she's a bit old and past it. So now we've got to come up with uh, with the idea that men send her pictures of their body parts. I mean, have you ever heard of such a thing? Why well, would somebody want to do that to her? But now she's mentioned it, of course, she's now going to get even more. Perhaps she's, perhaps she's writing a book on men's body parts. Perhaps that's the way to do it. And so she's uh, she's threatening to quit, uh, sadly, not Coronation Street, but the site, because of men sending in sex pictures. Well, you know, if, if you portray yourself like that, Catherine, then, you know, you can only, unfortunately... Get uh, get on that little bandwagon. You're on a silly little publicity bandwagon. You need to jump off it as quick as possible and start concentrating. Otherwise, you'll end up where Michelle Heaton is, nowhere. Okay, and uh, and George Best's family are praying for Gaza. Apparently, they're all worried. George Best's widow, Alex, and Callum are worried about him. Why worry about him? He seems quite happy. He said his thing, well, I be... and then he put subtitles up. I don't know what he was talking about half the time. Either way, he's gone back on the drink, and there's not a lot we can do about it. Barring chain him down and say, don't drink, I don't know what you're supposed to do. They've spent a fortune, and still he wants to drink. What hope? Me, it's Jelly Babies. Obviously so much easier, but kills me twice as quickly. It's LBC, it's 4.30.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: What is it about celebrities rocking up to free events? You know, it's often they'll, they'll have a launch. And it could be for anything. It could be for a Samsung phone or it can be for, you know, a new chandelier or something. And it's always the same one. So yesterday they have a launch for, uh, for whatever it was. I don't. There's no point in giving them any, any free publicity because I wasn't invited to it. But anyway, it doesn't matter any difference. And who goes along to it? Nicola Roberts and Peaches Geldof. Nicola Roberts. I mean, what on earth were they doing there? I mean, do they just... They don't know... She doesn't look like she knows anything about the thing that was being publicised and Peaches Geldof was just a complete waste of space. Jonathan Ross was there and Union J. And Ellie Goulding... Is it a celebrity count, or is it people who actually matter? I mean, does anybody really care what Nicola Roberts thinks about this particular piece of equipment, or even Peaches Geldof? I, I wouldn't ask Peaches Geldof the time of day. I never understand how they work out the guess it. Perhaps they do it, perhaps they actually do it on a, on a quota, don't they? They go, you know, if, if we send Peaches Geldof there, she'll sort of come away, and perhaps she'll talk about it, but, I mean, nobody rates her at all. Nobody cares about her. More on uh, Stella English. Apparently she's now on benefits. Fantastic, isn't it? What a wonderful system we have in this country, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, after unsuccessfully suing Lord Sugar, she's revealed she's about to lose her home, her marriage has collapsed. Well, why is this our problem? Why is this our problem? The poor old, you know, poor old soul droning on about it to anybody. But anyway, she hasn't got to pay a penny, uh, Lord Sugar was after £50,000 and uh, he didn't get it. She's been forced to quit this job. She said the Labour peer treated her as an overpaid lackey. And, of course, I mean, you know, it was just rubbish, I'm afraid. A load of old hooky. Apparently her, her fashion label and events firm have flopped. And she hasn't worked since July. Well, that's a lie, because I saw you on the television the other day. So you must have worked since July. She said, I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids, never mind the mortgage. Well, you're not. You're quite not. Put yourself into the position of everybody else. There's something about her I don't like. I don't like her, and I don't know why I don't like her. She says, uh, unless I find a contract, I'll not be able to support my family anymore. I'm losing close to £3,000 a month. What, well, you haven't saved a penny piece? So you're not even intelligent enough to think that you've got to save. You know, the, even the producer's got money saved up in his little piggy bank, haven't you? You put a little bit of money in there every day. I should have even even um, pink bracelet. I should imagine he must have a little bit of money saved saved away. Everybody's got a little bit. You put it aside for a rainy day, don't you? You got a lot of money saved up for a rainy day, enough to buy another bracelet or something to do for Christmas. Got enough for that? I mean, I don't know how much savings you're supposed to have. If you're young, you probably don't have as much savings as somebody who's a bit older. But I would expect most people could probably put their hands on a thousand pounds. Would that be that be about right? Thousand pounds you could put your hands on, something like that. If you sold all your clothes, you know, sold all your shoes, sold the pink bracelet, probably get a thousand pounds for that. But that's but then, so here is a, a supposedly intelligent woman, and she, all her businesses have collapsed. Why? Because she's quite clearly not a businesswoman. <laughs> that's it. it doesn't um, it? Doesn't actually sort of make any sense? You know, it's my son's birthday today, but I can't afford to buy him anything. Well, don't tell him it's his birthday then. You know, droning onto the papers like some dreary old has been. I'm afraid is terribly tedious. Terribly tedious. So anyway, I mean, you're very lucky that you know Lord Sugar lost. I mean, luckily he is a successful. Businessman, she said, "I'm a single mother looking after two children." Well, make the father pay for them. I mean, God in heaven, you shouldn't have to explain to somebody who's over the age of fifteen how things work nowadays. You know, a single mother looking after two, I can't go anywhere. Well, make the bloke who's the father pay for them, for God's sake! Just ridiculous. Uh, Robbie says, "I thought you didn't like fried eggs." I've never said that. Never said I don't like fried eggs. I've always said, and if you wash your ears out and listen properly, you'd be not much use as a witness in court, would you? I don't like runny yolks. Love fried eggs. Uh, 8 for 850, oh, steve at So uh, I like that. Uh, and then somebody says, have you never sent anybody a picture of your body parts? Absolutely not. Well, they're both looking at me now. Have you sent pictures of your body parts then? Exactly. We're absolutely horrified that anybody would even do such a thing. You know, chained to a wall is one thing, but actually sending pictures of yourself hanging there, definitely not. Oh, no, I can't think of anything worse. Why would you ever want to do anything like that? (laughs) Oh, dear. It's quite ruined my day, I'm afraid. It makes me feel quite queasy. We are the village green domination society. (sighs) Which is good. Bondage at the hall. So they've got caning techniques, spanking... Isn't it funny that all these, you know, people are into different things? I remember seeing a thing on the television once. I sort of sat there with my jaw on the floor. And it was um, it was a bondage party kind of thing in Amsterdam. And a lot of people walking around in rubber and leather. And we used to... And I realised that it was, it was a kink some years ago when I got off the train in Twickenham. It must be about 20 years ago. And a bloke got off the train, he used to walk around Twickenham in rubber clothes. He had rubber trousers a rubber shirt and a big rubber coat like he was about to expose himself to radiation. And I used to look at him thinking, that must be really hot in the summer, really hot and sweaty. And then you see what some of these people were wearing to this party in Amsterdam. And I began to think, Do you know, I'm more normal than I thought I was. I've never dressed up as anything. Wait a minute, there was one night back in 73. I did dress up, but only quite normal. I see that one of the supermarkets has done away with that Halloween thing. We don't do Halloween in this country. I don't know why we're bothering with. Um, oh, that's right. Put it up on the. Yeah. So, you know, Steve. When I was dressing. Yeah, but I did that for fun. That, that's dressing up as, as Christmas presents. Oh, look, we decorated the studio. Blimey, I don't remember that. What well, year was that one? Well, that's quite nice, isn't it? Actually, I remember every time I used to put up this uh, decoration in the studio. Oh, I know what that is. Uh, well, and me. Is this on the LBC website? Oh, this is. That's lovely. That would. Do you know what that that present is? It's a. It's a nativity set, in in China, in bone china. It's absolutely beautiful. I've got the complete nativity. Look, complete nativity set. I'm. I'm quite a religious person, actually. Strangely, deep down, I wanted to be a nun, and. Uh, <laughs> well far more exciting than being a monk isn't it let's face it and, and that was a giant chuppa chop that i got which was lovely thank you and um and paul brought in these i love it and i give the same presents every year to people i give them a joe malone bag which has got candle no not for you sorry not for you uh joe malone candle shower gel and a bottle of uh, champagne and, and a chocolate naked father christmas yeah, like that one. The Chocolate Naked Father Christmas is very funny. And it comes from... It's a muscle Father Christmas. It comes from Chocky Wocky Doodah. And it's hilarious. Always makes me laugh. Always makes me laugh. But this year, we're actually cutting back. They're all getting a packet of crisps. I'm not, there's no point wasting money on people. You know, as I said, I've got these lovely candles at home. But I, I look at the people I work with and I think... Frankly, there's no point in spoiling them. There is no point in sort of giving them something which sort of elevates them to a different position. Um... They've asked me to turn on the Christmas lights again in Twickenham this year. I turned down last year, and I think the year before, but they've asked me to turn them on. But uh, I'm, you, you're right, I have dressed up. I have dressed up um, for the LBC website. That's Twickenham. It's pretty, isn't it? Very pretty. little bit of Twickenham. but The oldie-worldie Church Street bit. Have you been? Oh, you've never been? Well, you wouldn't be allowed in, would you? You don't have a passport. And, um, and so I did dress up uh, for the LBC website the LBC sort of panto kind of thing. And I did put on a lot. Oh, I thought I looked really good. I thought the pictures were really good. We went up to Angels, as you know. And every time I look at them, I mean, even though they're actually a few years old now. What on earth was that? I never know what some of these things are. Where's that? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I remember that. That was the panto launch years ago. We went down there. Barbara was there. And uh, that's uh, David Hasselhoff. If you go to the LBC website you know there's, there's so many pictures of all the people in panto and and it was great it was really really good fun really really good fun it's funny when you look back on things and as lbc celebrates its 40th birthday 8th of october um you know you look back on the the pictures and and it's it's wonderful it really is wonderful i wish that i don't know whether or not you you're in one of those uh, families where you take lots of pictures. I'm always jealous of it. My brother used to take lots and lots of pictures and cine film, or whatever they call it now, uh, of his daughters growing up. So he had a record of their early days. In fact, my parents did it for us. So when we were growing up, we, have, we were filmed and they took pictures. So we've got, luckily, lots of pictures, which we've used at the shows before. And, um, and so you sort of think to yourself, why doesn't everybody do that now? Because you do want this record, don't you? You want somebody to present you with, at the end of your life, a big book, and in that book, if you're in public life, you get loads and loads of pictures taken, and you can put them together and make some sort of some sort of bonus photo album out of it. But I like the dressing up bit. It was very tiring. Very, very tiring. It's amazing when you actually... Have you ever dressed up as anything? Have you ever been to a fancy dress party? As Have you been... At, what, what have you been as? What have producers been as? What have uh, I can't remember. It was that memorable, was it? You know, just put a tea towel round your head and go as sort of, you know, Winnie Mandela or something. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't think of anybody else actually. Has boy ever dressed up as anything? Yeah, I should. The Funny thing is, he looks like he's dressed up, doesn't he? I don't know why. You can see him as Buttons in pantomime. I don't know why Buttons. I just thought I just see him in something that involved boots. <laughs> That's not boots, the chemist. That sort of other boots. I don't know why. It's just, you know, you look at someone, and you think, oh, I bet you've dressed up and stood in front of the mirror and thinking, can I risk it on the bus? <laughs> or should we get a mini minicab? Uh, Asda has apologised for selling a mental patient fancy dress costume. Is it just harmless fun? Uh, well, they've had apologised and withdrawn it immediately. But somebody's... So, in other words, it's gone that far that it actually appears in the stores before anybody realised, I'm sorry, a mental... Hello? Where are you coming from? I don't understand Halloween anyway. I'm not particularly... Not, you know, I'm I'm really over Halloween and dressing up. I watched E.T. the other night and the Americans do Halloween where they go out and they walk about dressed up. And over here we do trick or treat, or as I prefer to call it, mugging. And they go out and you knock on somebody's door and you go, trick or treat? Well, I've dragged them in before you can say, and I've taken everything off. them. (laughs) I'm not stupid at all. Uh, Eight four eight five zero, And uh, another one here. It says, uh, I don't much like Michelle Heaton either. Uh, not much talent at all, but I had the same op as her because of uh, cancer gene. I've had the ovarian op too, something she's going to have when she has her second child. She's a little bit more up there in celebrity stuff because of this, sort of the Jade Goody effect. I mean, I, d- I, don't, I don't quite get Michelle Heaton at all. I remember seeing her on Come Dine With Me and she was so foul-mouthed. I thought then, nope, straight away, off the uh, off the Christmas card list, I'm afraid. Uh, so Asda has apologised. Yes, I mean, I think that's good. I think that's good. You're right about traffic light phasing in London, says Mick. Absolute carnage. Boris should act to investigate, plus why uh, soapy buses on London's roads. I tell you, the worst traffic lights, they're down here. Outside my windows here, down by the statue of uh, Edith Cavell, shot at dawn. The traffic lights there, you can sit there at three in the morning, and they're red. There's nobody crossing the road, there's nobody anywhere. And you think, why don't you just have them flashing orange? It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Here she is, attention-seeking Catherine Tilsley, considering quitting Twitter. She won't, of course, because otherwise she's got uh, no outlets for these sort of perverts that obviously want to send her rudy pictures, which I don't quite uh, quite get at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is Daniel. It says, I've been asked to go to work today on my day off. Why did I agree to it? Because I get to listen to you on my M25 drive to work, Gatwick. Here I come. Actually, a friend of mine is going off to Gatwick today. She's taking. She's going off to uh, Krakow for a holiday, and then about three weeks time she's going another. Oh, she's addicted to holidays. She absolutely loves holidays. Eight four eight five zero. I did phone the bondage place. The message said, "Sorry, a bit tied up at the moment. Get back to you." It's an old gag. Not even good enough for this programme, I'm afraid. Uh, definitely not. Um, <laughs> they should remake Blade Runner with Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen in the title role And Helen Flanagan as the female replicant android Oh, apparently Helen Flanagan, you know, the one who can't bear publicity And is so stupid, she makes three-year-olds look intelligent She's, uh, she's back with the old boyfriend again Yes, back with the boyfriend again And we're all absolutely thrilled No, nope, you couldn't care less either uh, Other stories of the paper today Oh, that's right, you know you go into a bar This will appeal to, uh, to one of them next door Uh, And you say, uh, pint of Stella. Can't say that anymore. You've got to say, pint of Stella Artois. Because the company is saying to bar staff, they're a bit snooty about it. They want people, they don't want to be abbreviated. It's like, I'll have a Bex. Because I think that is the name of it. Uh, Or a Bud. I'll have a Bud. That's quite common, isn't it? It's supposed to, can I have a Budweiser? if you went into a bar and said, do you have a Budweiser? They'd be looking at it like you were stupid. So if you go and say, pint of Stella, the bar staff are now supposed to say... Stella Artois. I mean it was it was almost as it's it's almost as naff as that story yesterday which we ran with on LBC, but I didn't believe a word of it from, was it Chessington World of Adventure, and now stopping visitors going in wearing animal print outfits because it's upsetting the animals. The biggest load of baloney you've ever heard in your entire life. It was a cheap bit of publicity. And then somebody came over and said, oh, would you like to talk to somebody from Chess?" I said, no, of course I wouldn't. It's a publicity stunt. Otherwise, nobody would know about this 22-acre kingdom, which I've just publicised again for them. But uh, it, was, it was a load of old rubbish. They must have sat in the office and laughed themselves silly, thinking they could get the papers to print that one. 14 minutes to five.
0: LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen
1: Morning, 11 minutes to 5 is the time It's nice to have you company, it's LBC It's Steve Allen's early breakfast James Corden is going to hand over the baton He's been hosting the Brit Awards for the past three years And he's decided to hand over the baton We don't know who to, so they, they put some people in the frame Okay, One of them is uh, Fern Cotton Can't present for Toffee, I'm afraid. Absolutely useless at presenting. Uh, Jack Whitehall. No, big shakes of the head on this one. Grimmy. Definitely not. Definitely not. Emma Willis. Mm, No, definitely not. Oh, dear. Marvin Humes. Definitely not. (laughs) And Greg James. Definitely not. No, oh, well, it just leaves us. <laughs> We're the only ones there. I mean, what a naff selection of people. That's the best they can come up with, trying to find a presenter for the, for the Brits. I don't know why they say Marvin Humes. I don't know why. Although, very funny, I was listening to something the other day uh, on a radio station in the building, and I said to a friend of mine, I said... Is that auto-tuned? And he went, absolutely. You can hear it. It's the electronic sound on their voice. You know, like the the share. Do You Believe in Love at First Sight? That was auto-tuned. You can tell because it sounds electronic. And if you listen to a lot of JLS's stuff, they sound auto-tuned. Because if you're dancing, you can't sing at the same time. It's just not possible. Madonna can't do it all the way through the shows. And as we said yesterday, oh, I've got a couple of Britney fans writing to me. Very upset. Very upset. Because I said she doesn't do live singing in her concert. She mimes. Unfortunately, it's true. She mimes in her concerts. You can't dance and do this. Oh, you did it again. You, met. you can't do that. You know, you haven't got the energy for it. And she certainly hasn't got the energy for it. So you get people go, you don't know anything about it. She's a big star. I thought, well, we let's whether she's a big star or not. She mimes on stage. And when she does it in Vegas, they'll be booing, I suspect. They'll be Oh, Oh, there's a lovely piece in the paper. Where did I read it? Where did... Wait a minute. I didn't read it in the sun. So I must have read it. I must have read it in the mirror. I have to do it because it's it's part of the, the Steve Allen the Steve Allen thing at the moment. Now, wait a minute, where it where is this? Oh there's a the story about a another drug smuggler. This is a, a PCSO. I mean it's unbelievable that, that you get these stupid people. Oh by the way, an update on the girls in Peru. The chief prosecutor wants them back in court to answer lots more questions. He's decided he just wasn't happy with them. Ple- he wants to know exactly what happened. But, of course, as I say, they are compulsive liars. It made me laugh because you remember when um, when they actually had their lawyers going over there, the lawyers I've spoken to, they're quite clearly innocent. You think, no, they're not. They're liars. They're drug smugglers, I'm afraid. And they were found, uh, found guilty. Well, because they admitted their own guilt. Oh, I can't find this blasted story now. What a shame because it was such a good one. It was such a good story. It, 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 will, be, it will be around somewhere. Because I think one of the papers didn't bother doing it. And the reason they didn't bother doing it is because they didn't think it was worthwhile. And I have to be honest, I didn't think it was worthwhile either. They're desperately trying to get some publicity for this person. And once I tell you, you will understand uh, why I'm so keen to mention it. But I can't find the thing. I shall find it in a moment. I'll tell you what it is. It's the, uh, the story about Matt Goss coming over to the country, bringing 30 showgirls with him. As if they could afford to waste that kind of money uh, to do some raunchy show to plug his album. And, uh, and, and the funny thing is, as you know, and I, I shall only repeat this 700 times on the programme, as you know, Matt Goss works at Caesar's Palace in the Gossy Room. It's Cleopatra's Barge. It's a small offshoot, very small. It's for tired old businessmen where they, do, they have raunchy girls who are wearing very little. It's appe- appealing to that side of tacky... Las Vegas. And so he's been over there for ages. He only works two nights a week. And a few Brits go over there. And I think he might even sing I owe you nothing. But they keep putting him down as the new Frank Sinatra, which, of course, you know, Frank Sinatra would be spinning in his grave if he saw that. You know, it's great to stand up and sing standards. And because he's got a hat on, they think, you know, that's the that's because he looks like Frank Sinatra. And they say, you know, he's sort of taken over the mantle, which, of course, is an absolute insult to Frank Sinatra because he hasn't at all. There's no way that he's, he's taken over the, the mantle and never will do. He's just one of a, a lot of singers in Vegas. The difference is he did sell 20 million albums and now, you know, he's not selling 20 million albums. because they, they said they're going to bring over these girls over here, which presumably would be detracting from the singing. I couldn't quite work out what they were doing it for. He did it at the Royal Albert Hall last time. This time he's only doing up here, so he obviously is a bit worried that he can't sell out. So he's not doing the Royal Albert, uh, Albert Hall at all. Here it is, the Tom Tato. The clue is in the words. Or how you can make ketchup and chips from the same plant. It's a bloke here. He's got uh, a Tom Tato. It's a Thompson and Morgan plant. And you grow it, potatoes grow under the soil, and the top bit is growing tomatoes. Which is lovely. I like the idea of that. Tomatoes are very good for you, but as we said yesterday, if they're on the vine, don't put them in the fridge. Leave them out, please. Finally, says Paul in Manchesterford, I got to watch the first episode of the new season of Peter, my... sorry, life yesterday. My interest wetted more than usual, as I'd read so many... Adverse comments about it than normal in papers. And on forums, I truly hope that ITV executives have done as well. How rude and arrogant can a person be? First day of filming, after saying how privileged he was to be doing 60-minute makeover. Late. Cue shots of Claire having, uh, having, uh I don't, know, I don't know what this is, actually. Is it a seeth I think a Seath And cameraman and the family involved, plus half their road standing about. That was bad enough, but then later, pictured on the phone, saying rather pompously, he was due on set 7.30 the following morning, would, would probably be there about 22, as the moment he jumps out of the car, he's ready to film. He was late for his house viewings as well, and behaved like a spoiled brat, when the long-suffering Carl ticked him off for being late, muttering, whatever, as he flounced through the hotel door. Shameful, unprofessional behaviour and a great example to his kids as he loves them. And don't even get me started on his M's. Would probably like uh, the other house more, but I'm paying for it. I bet her family, who it has to be said, have had a a few quid, must be mortified. I did used to have a modicum of sympathy for him in the Wrangles with Kikati over the kids. And we must never forget he loves them. But not anymore. He's a 40-year-old, for God's sake. Not a kid of 10. I also found his chat with Junior and uh, and uh, the other one about his sleeping with Tostos, toe-curling to watch, and the sly dig about Kieran, Katie's husband, or stepfather status, unnecessary as well. We can only hope that this will be the last series, as it's surely well past its sell-by. Vinnie Jones series, a Hollywood epic in comparison. Yes, it's, uh, it, it is the same dreary old garbage that Peter André's trot, uh, trotting out. You know, as his agent says, and God knows, I mean, she's got the patience of a saint, he's rude to the extreme that he can't turn up on time. You remember we had a a very famous person in who said that Peter Andre turned up on his show, he said he comes with an entourage, like 20 people, hanging on him, you know, boosting him up and saying how marvellous he is. He's obviously very insecure. I'm sure he's an absolutely lovely person, but frankly, a 40-year-old man on the television, you know, going on about his kids and uh, going out, stopping the car, and, uh, you know, being filmed with sort of kids and all the rest of it. It's pathetically sad. It's pathetically sad. Doing his little dances on stage like he's Michael Jackson. He's not. They've never shown you a whole concert, have they? You'd have thought by now that ITV, being so into Peter Andre and being so desperate to sort of put any part of his life up on the television, would have actually filmed one of his concerts and put it up there. I suspect the reason is they're so bad, they're going, we can't put that up on the television. You know, we'd rather put the Rolling Stones or One Direction. Peter Andre in concert? I don't think so. You know, the Village Hall Bridlington's hardly, you know, a major venue. But he's played the O2, apparently. But So why have they not filmed it? Why have they not done that and shown it? Is it because it, you, you really wouldn't know any of the songs that he sings? And you would really... Because f- it makes me laugh, but one time they had him going to New York where he's sitting in a studio. He thinks he's a recording artist. He really does. I mean, he really believes he's in the music industry. And I don't want to be rude, but frankly, he's, uh, he's, he's not, I'm afraid. Well, I don't think he is, anyway. It's one of those things. He's 40 years old. He's too old for that kind of stuff. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. I've lost my um, text messages just momentarily. They probably disappeared as we were Googling disco stew. Uh, another one here. It says, um, does that mean when I go out on a Saturday night, I must now ask a bottle of your finest Newcastle Brown Ale alcoholic beverage, please, bar person, and not a bottle of Nuke, please? Kevin the Milkman says, I don't want to upset the beer companies. Have you heard of such a thing? This is the story that uh, they're, they're telling bar staff. They don't, don't want to call it Stella. It's a pint of Stella Artois. Apparently, you ask for a pint of Stella, says Mark, and it just sounds so chav. But asking for Stella Artois at least has a ring of sophistication. But then the bartender still replies, "Stella, mate." Yes, I agree with you. It's funny, though, isn't it? They always try and change things to make things sound sophisticated. The other day, they were telling you about those chips that you can buy in Burger King, which apparently are less fattening. Do me a favour, you know, and all they do—they they, they compare it to the McDonald's fries because they're little thin things, so they absorb more fat per surface area. So if ever you're going to have chips anywhere, have fat chips. You know, big fat chips, because that's better. That's actually better. Uh, Getting older, as indeed we all are, don't worry. Don't worry. You apparently really are wiser as you get older. A series of economic tests found older participants, aged between 60 and 82, performed far better than a group of people who were all 18 to 29. But when you're 18 to 29, well, perhaps perhaps 18, I don't know about 29, do you not think you know it all? At 15, you think you know it all. When your parents say something, you say, oh, they don't know anything. They're so old. They're so old. They don't know anything about this, you know. I used to sit down with my parents watching Top of the Pops, and my parents would sit there, practically with their fingers in their ears, going, you can't understand a word they're singing about. But there again... You know, they actually came from a different generation. So the sort of music they listened to, and probably many of you listened to, would be the Frank Sinatra stuff, which you didn't get on Top of the Pops. You'd get people go, you know, I am an anti I am... A... And all that kind of stuff. I am the God of Hellfire, and I give you fire. Da-da-da. And it was all a bit bit freaky, wasn't it? But we loved it. We loved it. Apparently, Matt Goss couldn't get arrested in the UK. He's more the new Frank Stallone than Frank Sinatra. Well, he's, he's making an effort... I mean, he is is making an effort. It has to be said, he's making an effort. Diana in Richmond says, please, please do the Twickenham Christmas lights. It's a great evening and good to see you wearing a sparkly jacket. Do you know, I think I might.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, four minutes past five. Interestingly enough, the Stella English story. This was the woman who was on The Apprentice. As you know, a lot of the people on The Apprentice, they're just lots of chat and uh, very little action. And I'm I'm reading some interviews with her because uh, she was saying the other day she lost... uh, She lost the first case against Lord Sugar and uh, she was uh, described as all sorts of things in court. She's quite clearly slightly delusional. She was going to open a, a fashion business for... Uh, women in business, because apparently she knows all about fashion. She doesn't know anything about fashion at all. You know, it's just following in the, in the footsteps of Victoria Beckham. Unfortunately, this is Stella English. You know, and you know it's a load of old hogwash, I'm afraid. And uh, she's a mother of four, with a teenager and a baby. Oh, sorry, that that's Victoria Beckham. I was going to say, all of a sudden, Stella English has got a huge family. But uh, then, Lord Sugar launched this attack, calling his former employee a money grabber, not a nice person. And, um, apparently... She uh, she says here she has the strength to survive the challenges thanks to her husband, Ray, who apparently she doesn't have anymore, who, was, uh, who gave up his job as a plumber to care for their children, Edward Six and Frank Four, at their new home in Whitstable in Kent. Now, very interestingly enough, she's claiming... She says, I'm claiming benefits and my home could be repossessed. But in the piece in the mail today, she's facing the prospect of having one of her homes repossessed. Now, I'm led to believe she's got three property... How can she be entitled to claim benefits if she's got three property and pleading that she can't afford to buy food for the table? She's got two other. Well, sell them, dear. Sell them. I mean, you know, I shouldn't have to explain. You're an adult. Sell them. And then you've got some money on the table. But don't start giving us all this old hogwash about you've only got 200 pounds in the bank. You've got three properties. That's two more than I've got. I have to get up and work in the morning. She apparently was earning £500 a day at Citigroup, but her contract with the banking giant ended. they quite clearly They didn't want you. So, why why have you not gone out there and tried to find another job? Nothing worse than bleating, is there? It's almost a little bit like the boy with his finger in the dike. It's that kind of situation, isn't it, where we're sort of... There's not, nothing like that at all. I've just realised that. I don't know why I thought of him. I was thinking of Amsterdam and tulips. And I was somebody reminded me the other day of this poor little boy with his finger in the dike to st- stop it all flooding. Anyway, because I'm, I get the feeling that she's she's told so many, you know, tangled, deceitful untruths that she doesn't know what the truth is now. So I'm claiming benefit and my home could be repossessed. One of her homes could be repossessed. And she's on benefit. How can she be entitled to benefits? I'm hoping that the benefits office is looking at this going, wait a minute, she can afford lawyers, she's got £200 in the bank, and she's got three homes. It's all a bit strange, isn't it? Anyway, as I say, never let it spoil a good story. I'm quite sure that uh, that sort of Stella will eventually sort out her sad life at the moment. I mean, it's obviously not going to... Not gonna work in the fashion department. I thought, I love the way that people think, oh, I think I'll just open a restaurant, or I think I'll open a, a cafe, or I think I'll open a business doing this or failing that. I think I'll be a fashion designer. Like, you know, that's how it works. I don't know. eight four eight five O Steve at LBC.co.uk. We weave everything in on the programme this morning. Uh, very interesting. All the papers are also full about the death toll. This is the ten Britons dead in the uh, in the mal carnage. Uh, cowering in fear. I mean, it's just absolutely dreadful. They've found bodies in collapsed complex, They've uh, they found uh, people with their throats cut, stuff like that. Just absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, there is one word that sums up the music of Peter Andre. Hellish. I don't know. I mean, are there any DVDs? Dawn would know that. She's bought his albums. Are there any DVDs of Peter Andre in concert? That would be one to, to buy for the archive, I think. Uh, Steve, I give up. What on earth is a mental health patient meant to look like? They're just ordinary people that have a mental illness rather than a physical one. Yes, but this one is an outfit. It comes with a, a, you know, bloodstained this and bloodstained that. I mean, what they're trying to do is sort of say it's, you know, it's, you know, mad people. But as opposed to saying mad, they've used the word mental, which, of course, uh, you cannot do. You cannot do. I mean, a bit stupid, actually. Uh, Peter Andre's agent. Patience of a saint. Percentage of a Satan. Yes, I mean, she's done, she's done really well, actually. I mean, she has done well. If anybody can turn things around, she turned it around for Jordan. She's very clever, actually, the agent, very clever. But eventually, you know, Peter Andre's just going to implode without, without the cameras there following him around. I haven't seen, have they started transmitting the 60-minute makeover? Because apparently, you know, Peter Andre's notoriously late. It's just sheer rudeness, I'm afraid, just sheer rudeness. I mean, like me turning up for this programme, they go, it starts at four o'clock, I'll be in about quarter past, if that's all right with everybody. Like the producer, he goes, well, I'll be with you shortly. He goes, well, we're on air now. He goes, well, I'll be there in a minute. Don't don't push me. All right. Otherwise, it's bullying. Uh, wide awake is Diana. Feet so painful from the fall the other day, so I hobbled downstairs to heat up my bean bag uh, and have it now comfortably on my feet in bed. Probably the wrong remedy, but I can't bear the thought of frozen peas on me. At this time of the morning, lots of uh, purple developing in odd places. <laughs> she said, anyway, be nice to see you at the Twickenham switch-on lights in your sparkly jacket. I must, yes, I mean, I, I should do it, should I? Duncan Barks has threatened to come down if I turn on the lights. It's only a small little event. It's not, you know, it's not exactly, you know, sort of Trafalgar Square, even though I was there for the Trafalgar Square turn on as well. You know, Twickenham is it's a little bit further down the list, but it's still good fun. You know, and then you can go and sort of have a drink at everybody's pub. You can go down to the Balmy Arms, which I know lots of you go to. Then there's Owl uh, as well and Claire. Uh, they've got a big thing this week, and I think it's either tomorrow... I think it's tomorrow, actually. It's either today or tomorrow. They're doing this coffee morning, you know, for the Macmillan things, and they're doing that at the Twickenham Tavern, which is opposite the HSBC. So they're trying to raise money for a very good cause. So that would be very nice. Uh, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. Can't find any Matt Goss people, apparently. And uh, somebody says, why doesn't she rent two homes out this is uh, Stella English. Oh, Well, I don't know. If, if she does have three homes, how is she allowed to claim benefit? And all this hokum and all this hooey about, I've only got £200 in the bank. Well, sell these homes then. You know, if, if, you, if you've got children and your plumber ex-husband gave up his job, I mean, perhaps he was taken in by this load of old baloney that you were going to be the big, you know, I am and be very successful. It doesn't work because now people see you as a money grabber. People see you as the wrong sort of person. It was very bad advice. If anybody advised you on this one, you know, somebody could have asked you, um, you know, advised you a lot, a lot better, I think. A lot better. Uh, Matt Goss is on uh, somebody's radio show on Sunday. Would be listening. Uh, he's coming out from the cupboard under the stairs, the Gossie room, and crooning under some selected stairwells in London. Oh, no, he'll... I mean, the trouble is, he has, he's, he's deserted this country for America. He doesn't give a stuff about this country, but he's, he's trying to branch out... And he's tried it before, and it didn't work. They were selling. I remember when we went on, and we looked at the uh, the dates at the Royal Albert Hall for for so many hundred pounds. You could get to meet him and have a photo taken with him. You know, which is probably if you were a, a fan of, of Bros and stuff like that. But uh, it's the fact that people come crawling back to this country after they've walked out on it because their career's finished here. They go somewhere else, and then they come back expecting us to sort of believe that they're now some superstar. He's had a few items written about him in a Las Vegas freebie paper, you know, and a few well-meaning queens over there have written some nice words saying he's a very good-looking boy and he sings quite nicely. But the idea of bringing over 30 showgirls, either somebody's risking or wasting an awful lot of money, or he's paying for it himself. Because I don't know how he's surviving. He's only working two days a week in this place. He comes on stage. These girls um, disport themselves in various... The producer would love it. He'd absolutely love it. They're sort of, you know, raunchy. They're a bit like the Pussycat Dolls. And they ju- and he's, They said they're going to bring 30 of these girls over. Well, who wants that? It's of no interest to people. If you're trying to sell an album, why would you want to sort of sell that kind of it? And also, who's paying for them to come over here? And are they not working? So he's obviously coming over midweek because he'll need to be back there for Friday to do the do the show again be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, Steve, as we're now to ask, says Paul in Manchesterford, for a pint or a bottle of Stella Artois, I have to hope that my local will be expecting the regulars to ask for a bottle of Bexfield as opposed to Bex, as that's my nickname, among others you couldn't use on a family show. Putting my pack on and en route to the trademark office as I speak, I could make a fortune. I suspect you probably could. I suspect you probably could. It's funny, though, isn't it? Oh, I love... Uh, you know the uh, the red squirrels making a reappearance back in this country? I watched an Antiques Roadshow the other day, and they had one of those favourites for the Victorians, which was stuffed animals in boxes. And the Victorians liked particularly... And there was Potter's Museum of Curiosities, where he was a taxidermist, and he would stuff kittens... Um, rabbits, and they were all put in tableaux. So you've got kittens at a tea party holding cups of tea. Then he had some uh, red squirrels on the television the other day which were playing poker in, a, in a, a, a room scenario. And I think we had the rabbits playing cricket. I went to the museum, and I think it's down, it's down near some famous place, near a castle somewhere. It might be Arundel Castle, I think, Potter's Museum of Curiosities. Well, it was a great place. But that's why, looking at the, uh, at the little red squirrel here... Because if you remember, the, uh, the grey squirrel saw off the red squirrel, so the red squirrels practically disappeared, so you had all the, 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 the grey things, which were nasty. But anyway, now it's actually paying off. And uh, now there's, uh, there's a lot of them. And this man here, who lives in Choppington in Northumberland, Mr Gallagher, built a squirrel box. I haven't even heard of such a thing, because they generally nest in chimneys. And so he's built this squirrel box, which is quite sweet, really. And so it lifts up the lid and dives it, because they're so clever. They're so clever. They really are. Absu- absolutely, absolutely wonderful. There's this horrendous story of a former police community support officer facing the death penalty. She smuggled drugs into Indonesia, apparently, in her underwear. I, mean, I can't help feeling that when you read these stories, you think, are these people in the real world? I mean, does she really do that? She can't have done that. It just doesn't seem right. They say here they found crystal meth worth £3,000 taped to her stomach. I mean, you'd have to be pretty daft, wouldn't you? The <coughs> Sorry. oh, <coughs> Twice, here we go. Might be another one in a minute. But, you know, the, the detection rates are quite high now. If they can't find you on the scanner, then the dogs find you. You know, dogs are trained to sniff out cocaine, crystal meth. It's only got to be a tiny, tiny amount. You know, so people who've smoked a marijuana cigarette you know and then go through the airport the dog will will detect it and they'll go have you smoked and they'll go yes i had a cigarette yesterday but it's still it's still in your skin the dog can smell it so when you get people going abroad to a country where they have the death penalty you'd have to think to yourself you'd have to be you know mad this particular person i mean it doesn't sound good because she was declared bankrupt with debts of more than £120,000. And you always think to yourself, you know, because people get themselves into debt now, because it's a case of, why wait till tomorrow? Have it today. Whereas my parents' philosophy was, if you want it, save up for it. Quarter past five. So funny, listening to Andy McCall talk about Gantz Hill. I know Gantz Hill so well. So well. And when we used to... Yes, one, two, three. Un uh, Einstein And um, I don't know what that was, actually. That was the bit that bypassed me. But Gantz Hill I know very well, because my... Uh, my uncle Bill used to have a butcher shop at Gants Hill, and my grandmother, on my mother's side, used to um, yeah, on my mother's side used to live above it. And I used to sometimes go round and stay there. And when we've done the shows down at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch, I have to go directly past where we used to live. And at the very end of our little parade of shops, just down from Gants Hill, there was a, a car garage. Can't remember the other shops at all, but I remember our one. My uncle's was an old-fashioned butcher shop. You know, literally sawdust on the floor and you'd fold the paper up and hang it in the window at night. It was a certain way of wrapping the paper up. And my uncle had a big thumb, biggest thumb I've ever seen in my entire life. And the reason was pushing down on the meat to cut it. And his thumb got bigger and bigger over the years. And it was literally it was a huge oversized thumb. I don't know why I told you that, actually, but it, every time I go past Gantz Hill, I always think, oh, God, we should go and play. We should go to the big cinema right in the middle of Gantz Hill, sort of almost marooned in the middle. I don't think I ever went to it, but I do remember playing there and going down to uh, Gidea Park, all those places. Lovely. Anyway, just going back to this former police community support officer. And you have to ask yourself the question. Apparently, she's, uh, she's been living... Um, she's told authorities she was ordered to deliver £3 of this crystal meth to Indonesia by her boyfriend. You can't help feeling. She's been declared bankrupt. She's quite clearly useless with money. Um, I don't know what this stuff was worth. £3,000? Originally, she evaded customs officials at Juanda Airport whilst hiding four packets of drugs in her underwear, arrested in April at a hotel room, and uh, police raided the room after she rang an associate in China to arrange for somebody to pick up the crystal meth. So, in other words, what they're obviously doing is tapping the phone or something like that. But anyway, she says, I'm very sorry I've disappointed you all. She set up this Facebook profile. Uh, they say here, well, the, the, the prosecutor, they don't mess around in Indonesia. They really don't. He said that she will face execution by firing squad if convicted due to the quality... Due to the no, due to the quantity of the drugs, she was allegedly carrying the likelihood of trafficking. But it's only like three thousand pounds worth. Oh no, sorry, I do beg your pardon. One point six million pounds was found in the lining of a suitcase. But uh, that also goes again, and I'll just reiterate that the two girls in Peru, who we think are going to go to prison for six years and so many months. And uh, as far as most of you seem to be concerned yesterday, they can spend it over there. Why should we have to pay to keep them in prison? Let them rot over there. But now the prosecutor wants them back in court, and now that they pleaded guilty, because they are guilty, he wants to know the full story. He wants to know everything. And uh, presumably, he can increase the sentence. So, in other words, you don't give him the right answers, he can, send you to pre- he can stick another ten years on that if he chooses. You know, you've pleaded guilty to somebody, but he wants to know exactly what it is, because their answers, he said, were too well rehearsed. So he wants to know the truth of it. Uh, people now speculating on uh, Trini and Saatchi. Uh The truth of the matter is she uh, she smokes and stinks like an ashtray, I should imagine. You know, if you've got long hair, he smokes as well. So he's all sort of crumbly and they they happen to go out together. And Alison Boshoff, writing in the mail today, says, no, they're not going out. They're just as troubled as each other. So they're both sort of clinging on to each other for support. Sad. More on... Um, the slaughter of the elephants, the ivory poachers, killing a herd of more than 80 by poisoning their drinking and bathing pools with cyanide. And they just put it in there and the animals drink because they go to the same places all the time. And, uh, and they die, which is absolutely terrible. And from the mother who shot Jewish children in cold blood to the nurses who gave lethal injections in the death camps, there's a new book out about the Nazi women who were every bit as evil as the men. It's called Hitler's Furies, German Women in the Nazi Killing Fields. It's by Wendy Lauer. And uh, I don't know why anybody would have ever thought that it was uh, it was just men who were committing these atrocities. Women as well. Well, I say women, looking at these hard-faced so-and-sos. You know, luckily all all dead. And then there's the story of Stephanie MacDonald. Um, <laughs> Stephanie MacDonald Walker was left feeling violated, and she came home to discover a note from a company, British Gas, explaining that they'd uh, forced their way in while she was at work. People always feel violated. Apparently she burst into tears. Uh, of course, it had been gay British gas workers. They'd have sort of laid the table and put a quiche in the oven, but unfortunately, because it was the other ones, unfortunately they were also in the wrong house because she doesn't have any gas. So it was a bit of a pointless exercise. Again, it's, it's the case of they've made a bit of a mistake. Yesterday they revealed... Uh, that they've entered the homes of 23,000 people. She only discovered it was the case when she returned home last week to find a card stating, we entered your home with a warrant to either fit a pay-as-you-go meter or disconnect your gas-stroke electri- electricity supply. In other words, it's it's another customer who's fallen behind with their bill. I got a letter once from some, from a bank. I was living in Staines. I got a letter from the bank saying, uh, we're halting your account and your cheque because you're overdrawn and we've warned you about this before it was quite a terse letter trouble is it wasn't for me because I wasn't with this particular bank so they had my name my address not my bank and it was it was barclays and I've never been with barclays as far as I remember and uh, and so I phoned them up and of course if you do what I should have done is gone down and created merry hell how dare you? I could... In fact, I did... I remember when I phoned up, I think I did say something along the lines of... This, is, the, this actually could have gone to an elderly lady who could have been quite frightened by your tone in the letter. And uh, and the person at the other end did apologise. But you, I began to... I'll tell you, it was brilliant one time. There was a... You know, sometimes people in call centres are a bit abrupt and they don't, they don't really care about you. But I remember phoning up once to talk to somebody about... Um, about a bank statement that had come through, and it was wrong. They hadn't done something. And so I phoned up to complain bitterly, and I was in a foul mood. I phoned up, and I'd waited ages. and eventually pushed one, pushed three, go to sub-level three, pushed 12, pushed... And eventually you get somebody. And, uh, and they were in this country, which was a bit of a miracle to start with. And I remember saying to her, I said, I'm really, really angry that this has happened, it's so-and-so. And as opposed to her going, yeah, all right, whatever, she said, oh, I know how you feel. She said, the same thing happened to me. And by two minutes into this conversation with her, I started feeling sorry for her. Because she'd had the same experience that I had. And it was so clever. They'd obviously been trained. Listen, if somebody comes on, just agree with them and go, listen, this is, I agree with you. It's absolutely awful. She said, I'm, she said, I'm so sorry. She said, but this happened to me as well. She said, and I, woo. And I felt really, really Awful about it. Really, really awful about it. And so in the end, I, p- I put the phone down, feeling so sorry for this poor woman. Whereas, <laughs> in fact, she just turned the conversation around. It was brilliant. So in the end, British uh, British Gas said, we're very sorry. As soon as we saw there was no metre, we left and secured her home. The offered her £150 with a credit on her account. Um, it said it had applied to the courts for a warrant to enter the flat in error because it held the wrong metre reference for the home. Well, at least you got 150 quid out of it. That's all right, isn't it? You know, they they secured the home. Everything was all right, all right. Just being on statins make you forgetful. God, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Pravastatin was found to have an adverse effect on rats, and because uh, I'm on uh, atorvastatin, I think I think I'm still on atorvastatin. Oh pain. It really is. It's uh, responsible for so many dreadful, dreadful things, I'm afraid. But uh, but we're all on it. Um, Wait a minute. I'm going to sneeze again. I'm going to sneeze again and it's good. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> Do you know, I keep doing that in the studio. There's a lot of dust in here all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, Got to laugh, haven't you? Got to laugh. Uh, front page of the Express today, just before we go to the, uh, the news. Brucey Forsyth. Well, not Mr. Brucey Forsyth, but Mrs. Brucey Forsyth. Strictly, critics should leave my husband alone. They only do it because they can pick on him because he's eighty something. They keep saying, "Oh, you should retire." I don't think he should. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Uh, more miracle statins, according to the front of the Express today. Richard Gears filed for divorce, and um, and there is the uh, the pain of plastic surgery hell, which drove one woman. To kill herself. I don't know why people have plastic surgery. I really don't. And now, the weekend, incidentally. Remember I told you the other day it's going to be sunshine and it's beautiful? No, the next thing you've got is hail and storms, I'm afraid. Which isn't very uh, very exciting, is it, at all? So I shall tell you the weather just after the news, which is coming up very shortly. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave everything in on the programme because it's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC 97.3. Time now coming up to 530.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning 28, Mr. 6. Somebody says grey squirrels don't nest in chimneys. Yes, they do. Yes, they do round our way. The council's got three sets of them. Living in some chimneys on an old disused property. You can sit there and watch them every day going in and out of the chimney. So there you go. Um, I've had it confirmed by the Express this morning that Stella English does own three properties. She does own three properties. She's, uh, she's pleading poverty, saying she can't afford to feed the children. She's applied for housing benefit and there's an interview set up. I have no choice she says, it's my son's birthday today, but I can't afford to buy him anything because everything we have goes on trying to survive. She said the, um, the tribunal heard that she owns three homes, but now rents to be closer to her family. The clue is there she owns three homes. Sell them, then. Sell them. I don't quite understand these crocodile tears which are coming out of stellar English. Or I can't bear in the first place. But... Um, They say she's she's keen to put this behind her, and apparently, because of the Lord Sugar thing, her marriage split up. No, of course, it's nothing to do with that. As I say, I mean, there's lies, lies, and then there's fabrication. But if you've got three homes, you can't be claiming benefits. And yet she said in one of the papers, I'm on benefits. She owns three homes. How can this be? How can this be? Or is it more fantasy? Is it more fantasy? Perhaps she doesn't own three homes. I don't know. I'm as confused as the next person is, I'm afraid. Daniel Orrell is one of those people that we don't like on this programme. Uh, he appeared in court the other day. He urinated on a memorial to the war dead. Almost as bad as finding that bloke swinging on it down in, the, uh, in Whitehall. Uh, Daniel Oral was caught relieving himself on the Stone Memorial in Bolton at 1am whilst drunk. The local magistrate told him, this is a despicable offence. To do it on a war memorial is incredibly offensive to all those veterans who gave their lives for this country. Well, it's for him to live, to be honest with you, and he doesn't even deserve that, does he? Oral is said to have told police, prove it, prove it, when they arrested him. But uh, he said, I had consumed an excessive amount of alcohol and then admitted it was a stupid thing to do. Luckily, he was fined 250 quid with £85. I'd have sent him to prison, I'm afraid. Royal British Legion spokesman later described acts of indecency on war memorials as disgusting that must be punished. I absolutely agree with it. It's an insult to everybody who ever lost their lives in any war. And some tow rag like that goes out there and commits a crime like that. I'm sick to death of seeing people urinating in doorways in London anyway. More police out there, I think. More police. Uh, I wonder how keen, says Kevin the Milkman the Peru Two are to go back to court to name names. Might not be so cocky then. Well, I, I agree with you. This is the story of the Peru Two, the drug runners... Uh, admitted their guilt, but the prosecutor wants them back in court again. And the reason he wants them back in court, he wants to know everything, not putting up with any shilly-shallying. And presumably, I th- assume, that if, if they don't start telling the truth, he will just increase the sentence. But with luck, they, they could actually stay there completely, you know, for the rest of their lives. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, another one here it says, uh, I've had my, uh, my gallbladder removed. <laughs> A cheery thought to share with people, isn't it? But LBC has been my companion through my first night after surgery. Good grief, grief! Uh, a lot of people saying about Stella English and uh, and the other homes that she's got. I agree. It's just uh, it's just dreadful, isn't it? So she's got three homes, but she's pleading poverty, and we have to pay for it. I do hope not. Hope the courts will see sense in that one. Uh, hope you do the switch on at Twickenham this year, says Little Julie. I'm booking tickets for one of the ghost walks at Hampton Court. Have you done it? No, I like the the rooftop tour. When you get the opportunity to do the rooftop tour, do that. And remember, if you join Historic Royal Palaces, then you get a discount in the in the restaurant there. I think you get ten percent discount in the gift shop. It's fantastic, really is very good. All oh, the weather. I should tell you the weather in uh, in one moment. Apparently, Matt Goss uh, is doing, according to uh, to Barbara. Three or four nights at the Café de Paris in Leicester Square. The tickets were going for about £80 for standing room only. It's to launch his new album and bring his Vegas show to London. Will she keep it there, she says. Having been to Vegas, his show does not pull in crowds, as it's in an area called Cleopatra's Barge, hardly a headliner, dear. And have you noticed, you never see him without a hat these days. All that bleach paying its price. And yes, she says, I'm not a fan. No, I mean, I, to be honest with you, bringing his Vegas show to London makes it sound like it's all showgirls and it's magic and all the rest of it. It's just him with a five-piece band on stage, I think, or nine, I can't remember how many pieces it is, and some uh, so-called showgirls, but they're not. They're sort of raunchy dancers. They're sort of doing that lot of hip-thrusting kind of stuff, which... Uh... But it's funny, isn't it? He's doing the Café de Paris in Leicester Square, which is literally it's very tiny, whereas the last time he came here, he did the Royal Albert Hall. They obviously thought they couldn't risk it. I don't know how it did last time. I, I, really, I really wasn't sure about it. Uh, 84850 uh, from California. My good friend has found out he and his partner are having a baby girl. He's considering a traditional regal name. What are your suggestions? Oh, I think over here a regal name would be Chardonnay uh, or something like, um, what else would, be? Uh, would be? a Chantelle would be a very regal name. You know, for I don't know actually, I don't know what American girls' names are, I, I just, I watched some very odd programme the other day which has got some man going, almost like give $5.25, $25. he's like an auctioneer but he's, he's rolling his R's and doing it's quite clever, I can't quite fathom out how he's doing it and he opens up these places and people bid on what they can see inside these storage units and there's a ghastly woman and her husband, they really are horrible. They they could be thrown together with the... uh... Oh, actually, it was so funny. Joan Rivers was on the television the other day doing something for the X Factor. And because she's quite ancient now, she's a bit slower than she used to be. But she was talking about a group of people on the television who make lots of money but have no talent, she said. But that's the Kardashians for you. I mean, they really have. I remember saying to somebody, who are they? They're nobodies. Absolutely, They have no talent at all. And yet they must be absolutely coining it. Absolutely coining it. Which is funny because the whole fact... They're all vile all seem to argue amongst each other. I mean, Kim Kardashian really can't bear her. Um, Here she is, Mrs Forsyth, on her 30-year marriage, the age gap that's never bothered her, and uh, why her husband shouldn't retire from Strictly. Exactly. Keeps him out of the house. She's very glam, you know. I think she's a former Miss Miss Brazil. They said, Brucey and me wouldn't last, but I love and admire him as much as ever. Oh, I should imagine life with Bruce Forsyth must be a bundle of laughs. Oh, she was Miss World. And, uh, God, their son's now taller than both of them. Their son, Jonathan. How wonderful must it be if your dad's Bruce Forsyth? Good game, good game. Anyway, here we go. You know, that must be quite exciting. Don't you think so? Perhaps they've known it all their lives. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, But there is a Miss World again. I can't believe they're still doing Miss World. Can you? Naturally, the child will be educated in Britain, says Andy. Oh, Lord, really? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's a regal name now. You can get a book. I think it's called Naming Your Child. And I I think... Somebody said what did somebody say my name was? Was it fair of face or something like that? Nice person. I can't remember, but uh, some some parents worry about names, and other people don't. Philip Schofield, after yesterday, after rumors of a fallout hit the papers, Philip Schofield has now publicly reached out to Fern Britain, giving fans hope of a reunion. I did say yesterday, come on, Phil, come on, life's a bit too short, mate, especially as you're fifty one Phil's on the program. you know you don't want it listen, not in this business. You know it makes sense, but uh, he said he was love his ex-presenting partner to be included. He said I was dearly loved Fern to be part of our celebrations, because fans were a little, a little bit uh, upset that there could be a nasty side to Philip. And I'm saying, come on, you know, if if there was a rift or if there was an argument, put it to one side. Put it to one side. I think it was after money was mentioned, and that's all it is. That's it is because he then revealed, I think, this year uh, that they were no longer in touch. But Fern was said to be livid when she discovered Phil was being paid three times her £15,000 a show salary for all-star Mr and Mrs. So she was on 15000 he was on 45000 You know, which, which must be a bit galling, mustn't it, to discover that somebody is earning more money than you and you're both doing exactly the same programme. They weren't doing any different at all, so that must be somewhat galling. But, uh, no, I'm sure that Phil can be man enough and big enough and uh, show-busy enough... To actually, uh, to actually welcome her with open arms, OK? Uh, Anne Widdicombe reporting on uh, M- Moroccan donkeys. She really hasn't lost any weight at all, has she? She's still the same dumpy little woman that she was before. And um, it's a bit bizarre, actually. It's just... Every time I see... It's going to sound really awful, this. Every time I see Anne Widdicombe, I just see a little little tiny fat woman with the biggest bosom you've ever seen in front of her, which seems to have a mind of its own, I'm afraid. And here she is, uh, other animals which they used to make... Uh, money from tourists. But, of course, I mean, we've known about this for ages, Anne. You're not telling us anything we don't know, I'm afraid. It has been going on, and that's why we have donkey sanctuaries. That's why people go over there and rescue them. You're just sort of jumping on a bandwagon that's been, that's been out there in the real world for ages and ages and ages. Uh, another one here on the subject of um, call centres. Uh, it says uh, you can go to this, this website... Uh, it bypasses all the button-pushing. More time to plan what else to do while seeing your Christmas show in London. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and on the subject of a £150 credit... No, it's gas and electricity, so she doesn't have gas in her house. So it's gas and electric. So they came in to put a gas meter in, but she doesn't have gas, but they do supply the electric. So that's why they've given her the £150 credit. That's what, Perhaps I didn't make that... Uh, didn't make it clear, I'm afraid. Um... Somebody has sent a, a YouTube feature to me, a vid I made of Matt Goss in Vegas. The girls were great. He wasn't. He's been there for some time, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not pulling him apart in any way, shape or form. I'm just stating it as it is. He's been over there working the uh, the Gossy Lounge, as they call it, for some time. We might have... A, I don't want to sort of upset the, the producer by sort of showing him pictures of sort of Las Vegas showgirls disporting themselves all over the place. But uh, it's... Uh, he's live at Caesars Palace, but it's not... It's Caesar's Palace, it's in the little room on the side, and the girls are very, sort of wearing lots of hardly anything. And Matt Goss wears his trademark hat, because he's bald as a coot, as they say nowadays. And, um, and it's, I don't know, is it is it a big deal, is it not a big deal? The only thing that worries me is that he plays the Royal Albert Hall, and the next minute he's doing, you know, the little place up here, which is, you know, tantamount to a school shed. It's lovely, nice little venue... Good, good venue for him, probably, because it's about the same size as the place he's working in in Vegas. That's the only, that's the only way I, I can equate it. I can't quite work out. But thank you for that one. So that was taken two years ago. I should imagine the show has, uh, has improved an awful lot. I love Caesars Palace, though. It is the biggest place ever, isn't it? You don't need to worry about anything at all. Uh, inside Hello magazine with our favourite celebrities. They do love William. They do love William. And uh, they do love the people that they mix with. Oh, Denise Van Outen. Walking the Great Wall of China. I was emotional on the trip. Oh, God, honestly. The trouble is, they're all doing it with film crews, aren't they? I don't know who she was doing it with. Who she was doing it with. I think it's, uh, uh, It was uh, just a charity walk. But it's all sort of me, 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 isn't it, really? And so Denise Van Outen is there. She was, uh, she was doing it. Listen, if it raised money for, for charity. Who are we to complain about it? And uh, Michelle Keegan and Mark Wright. Apparently they both want to appear on stage together. Was he going to be a floorboard again? I mean, surely it can't be anything to do with acting. But uh, they've got to get... He just looks slightly odd. His face is, like, too big, and the hair is disappearing faster than his career. I've never known anybody get through so much hair. Uh, Princess Beatrice has got a royal appointment. Doing what? I've got no idea. A bit difficult to tell But she doesn't actually have a job, that's a fact. But now they, they've taken William out of uh, out of the equation and they put him onto lots of royal things. He'll be learning to do that, so I'm assuming that Charles will be cutting back. Uh, the Royal and the route master Prince Harry goes on the buses as his cousin Alexander Fellows weds at the Palace of Westminster. Must be quite a big deal, mustn't it, if you get Prince Harry to turn up to your wedding. That must mean that it's uh, really good, because he gets loads of mentions in the paper, because he's doing his charity trick very quickly. Uh, they're also looking at Kate's New Life in London, her complete A to Z, the Chelsea Harbour Club, Kensington Palace. It's quite... I don't know if you've ever been to Kensington Palace. If you join historic royal palaces, you can go there. Only, it isn't until you see it from the air that you realise how big this place is. I mean, it's absolutely enormous. But they've got, you know, the places she'll be going to shop. Uh, she can obviously pop into Buckingham Palace. Tamara Eccleston apparently is still droning on about her boring life. But this time, of course, she's pregnant, so we've added a new dimension. So that's quite nice. I'm sure that'll be absolutely wonderful. And uh, I'm sure that she'll be... Uh, putting the child up uh, for every Hello! magazine interview you can ever get. Sheridan uh, Smith. I quite like Sheridan Smith, I think. I think I like her. And Gary Barlow, back as a solo artist, but not for good. I don't know, do you think we're going to see Gary Barlow back in the charts? The producer says, "Uh uh-uh, which is a shame, really. I like him, but I think maybe people want to see the whole group. They just don't want Gary by himself. In the same way, they don't really want Sarah Harding to do anything.
0: LBC ninety-seven point three. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning,
1: coming up to ten to six. It is Thursday morning, isn't it? Today i This week have you noticed this week is whizzing past. For all those people who get paid monthly, of course, this week is delightful because yesterday you got paid. So come midnight, the money is in the bank. I'm like, yeah. I was speaking to a friend of mine, he said it was so exciting. He said, I love logging onto my account to see the money's arrived in there. I said, yeah, one day you'll log onto the account, the money won't have arrived in there, but at the moment it's actually quite exciting. And it means that you can actually go out on a splurge. So I recommended a book for him the other day, which is Secret Underground London, because we're fascinated with anything to do with the capital. And so he's ordered it as a treat, but as opposed to buying it where I told him to buy it from, uh, which was uh, Amazon, he found it on eBay cheaper. He saved himself something like four... He's so mean... I can never understand people who won't pay proper retail price. They have to get a discount. I've got a friend of mine, he, he just gets discount on everything. But my friend Michael always tells the story, because uh, he he said to me once, he said, you know when you bought your last car, he said, did you ask for a discount? I said, listen, when you're buying these sort of luxury cars, you don't ask for discounts. Makes you look like a peasant. So he tells everybody. He said, he never asked for a discount on the car or anything like that. I don't know. Anyway, re Stella English goes, Lisa, she won't get job seekers. She'll be expected to live off the proceeds of either renting her other homes out or selling them. Um... Uh, she might get a little child tax credits, might get a tiny bit to help with the council tax, and that's it. Because she's uh, she's claiming that she's broke. She only got two hundred pounds in the bank, which is you know some people. I mean, if you look at my my bank account, I've only got four hundred pounds in my uh, in my current account because it's in another account, and they move it over. So when I spend that, then it, there's another four hundred that moves over, and so it goes on. But she's got three houses, and she says she's she's looking for you know for handouts. She's going to get benefits. I thought, what, if you own three houses? I don't see how that can be, I'm afraid. What what she's suffering from is a dearth of not appearing on the television. She thought she was going to be a big celebrity and she turned out not to be anything of the kind. She turned out to be a failure. Every company failed, couldn't keep the marriage together, failed. And now, apparently, we're expected to keep her because she's a failure. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Read the Peru too. I know they fell off my chair laughing. The prosecution, no, they only pleaded guilty for the lesser sentence. Well, they thought it was going to be three years. That's what they've been told. But I only discovered yesterday that just before the trial, they changed the law in Peru to make it minimum six years and so many months. So they changed it in time. But the prosecutor calling them back in again... Will wipe the smile off their faces, because if they don't start giving some decent answers, he wants to know exactly what the scenario was, what the setup was, because they're going to try and trace it back. To be honest with you, they were doing it for presumably some fee, eight to ten grand each. They were cheap old bar girls working in Ibiza. They were drug runners. They could have brought misery, had those drugs, hit the market. All right. Only a million and a half pounds worth of cocaine. The drug barons can afford to lose. That doesn't mean anything to them. You know, drug mules can die. They couldn't care less about them. They're only interested in getting the drugs from A to B with the least hassle possible. So that's why they were just used. I love that it's it's the one with the top knot. Looks like a sort of an out of work cake or a loaf of bread who sort of thinks the whole thing is some sort of joke. But uh, it isn't. Peru is is well onto them. And also uh, they don't want to be made to look silly over in Peru. They want to make sure that people realise the implication. If you smuggle drugs and if you are caught, you will go to prison for a very long time. I think we've all made it quite clear to everybody that we don't want them back over here. They can serve their sentence over there and rot as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less. Embarrassing for the parents, though it might be, and very sad for them, they should realise that quite clearly they brought their children up not very well at all. Weather for today. Any shower? Oh, not showery rain again. I can't bear it. Yesterday we were coming back from Farringdon and, uh, and it started raining a little bit, which uh, I thought, oh, no, please, please. And luckily, by the time we got back to Leicester Square, it had stopped. Katie Melua came in yesterday. She's got a new album out. She's so pretty. She's so, so pretty. She came in and hopefully, although I don't know until later on today, whether or not she'll be run on this weekend's In Conversation. Uh, it could be Ray Mears. It could be um, Liz Hurley. It could be who else? Bill Medley. And then next week, we've got James McAvoy coming in, which I'm very much looking forward to. We're going to a screening on Monday. Jane Horrocks will be coming in as well. So we're, uh, we're, we're stockpiling again, as they say. It's going to be quite, quite a busy week next week, but I'm very much looking forward to that. So you'll have to tune into the programme tomorrow to find out exactly who's going to be on In Conversation this week. And don't forget, you must podcast, always podcast them. I couldn't remember. I, I did ask Paul in Manchester, I think, how, whether I'd done James McAvoy before. I couldn't remember if I had. Anyway, the weather. Any showery rain will gradually die out. The cloud will break up to allow some bright or sunny spells to develop across most places. Somewhat cooler. At the moment, 15 degrees. That was at uh, 5.30, about 25 minutes ago. It'll climb to 18 degrees. Tonight, some clear spells are likely, especially in the east, but becoming rather cloudy over more western parts. Tomorrow, generally dry. Increasing amounts of sunshine, especially in the afternoon, feeling a little warmer. Maximum temperature 20 degrees. Further three-day forecast Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Bright or sunny spells becoming increasingly breezy, though a risk of rain developing for a time on Saturday and again Sunday night into Monday. Did I, clear, I cleared out my bag yesterday. I decided... I've got this bag with it. I had no idea what was in there. And I bought a packet of um, throat sweets. They're those little black licorice pellets. And... Uh, what's that? What is that? Is that something? Oh, a throat sweets. And these come in little. I get them from from goods, my my dispensing chemist. And they're these little. Anyway, the top of the thing broke, and they all fell into the bottom of the bag. And they're licorice, little hard pellets. Very very good for your throat. And so I had to empty the bag out, and I decided to do it on the floor. And I've then got the Hoover. I'm picking up these things with a blooming Hoover. The amount of rubbish we keep in it. I can understand why ladies have handbags, because if you probably go through it on a regular bit, the rubbish you keep in it is phenomenal. It's absolutely unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. This this bag now weighs, you know, two-thirds lighter than it was before, because I had all sorts of rubbish in it. I'm afraid I had to throw that, that CD out that the producer wanted of that um, Mr Maloney. I had to throw it out, so I'm really sorry. I'll let the dustman have the benefit of it. No, I know, I feel guilty about the whole thing, but try trying to do my best, I'm afraid. Uh, Weather for the weekend, I was, says young Gary, uh, hoping for a dry day on Sundays. I'll be doing my last triathlon of the season. I feel so ill when I read his, his emails out, because I'm so unfit. He says, of the se- it's at Hever Castle, starting with swimming in the stunning Hever Lake. Ooh, no thank you. He said, then a challenging cycle around the southeast, most beautiful countryside, culminating in a ten-kilometre run around the lakes and castle. Apparently this event is being held over two days, and for spectators a traditional fairground, hot-air balloon rides, amongst other things entry to the castle, all in aid of help for heroes, and the local charity Jigsaw for You. Good luck with that one. Actually, I was thinking about something the other day along those um, lines about this swimming in rivers, and they had this Ellie henderson woman who does country folk is very irritating i'm afraid very irritating pops up on alan titchmarsh's show on the television and she's even more irritating on that but he obviously likes her because she's sort of a pretty little thing but she's just irritating and she was swimming in a river and i thought i couldn't swim in a r-. you imagine if some fish touched oh i'd be throwing myself out but uh, i must say a very good morning to my friend eddie who i know will be listening to the program he listens every morning as indeed, do so many people, which is uh, which is something we're always eternally grateful for. And believe it or not, it's Madonna, and here she is. Her thirteen-year-old son Rocco, he's a big third. He's, a- he's as big as his mother. He's thirteen, and uh, they've teamed up for a very bizarre double act. I can't tell you too much about it. You have to see the pictures. It's it's very strange. He's wearing all black. He looks like he's carrying a little bit of a little bit of weight. Um, that she's used him in uh, in some video. Uh, Strictly star, Christiana Ryanov... Oh, shut up! Goodness, honestly, I'm so bored with this woman. Has invited partner Ben Cohen's wife to rehearsals to make sure she doesn't get jealous. Oh, dear, honestly, this is Christiana who just loves the attention, loves the attention. Yet see her without the makeup and the hair done, unrecognizable, unrecognizable. Like a lot of people now, you see them on the television, and it isn't until you see them without their makeup that you suddenly realise how much they trowel on. Other stories in the papers for today, and I'll run through them just after the news. Uh, Brit singer Daily. I don't know who on earth that is. I've never heard of some of these people. And uh, Rihanna. Plus we've got... Uh, who else was in the paper? Who gets the papers? Every- oh, poor Ellie Goulding. Uh, came on stage at a launch event in London to perform a couple of her songs, but was played with microphone problems. In between each song, she begged, can we just get the sound sorted out, please? I can't hear myself. That's the, that was the most frustrating thing for me. If ever I was working clubs or doing uh, comparing or something like that, I always used to want to... I didn't care less what I looked like. I was more interested in the sound and to whether the sound sounded right. And I'm sure this morning it sounds absolutely perfect. As It's Thursday morning in London town, eight freight five oh lbc.co.uk. We'll take a short break for the news at 6. Other side of that, uh, for those people waking up and not aware, we'll tell you about the Kinky Bondage Club... Was booked into the local village hall, and the so-called fattest man. Although, as it turns out, he wasn't actually the fattest man. He just made it up. He was fat, there's no doubt about it, but he wasn't wasn't as fat as he thought he was. News at six, though, is coming up next. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3, and you're very welcome.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, brief Five past six, Thursday morning. Coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's nice to have you company. There's a, there's a man in the paper today. He spent £50,000 travelling. Not just normal travelling. This one visits graves. He goes around the country. His, his, his top five graves... Beethoven's in Vienna. Number four, Mao Zedong in Beijing. Is that a big... That's a big mausoleum, isn't it, I believe, from Mao Zedong. John F. Kennedy in Virginia. Leo Trotsky in Mexico City. And his number one favourite is Bruce Lee in Seattle. So I can't think of any more boring than going around visiting graves. He also has visited Noel Gordon. He's been to uh, one of the Ramones in Los Angeles. He see, I want to go and see... Who's the, um... Is it Lenin you get to see in, in Moscow? Well, I say you get to see Lenin. I mean, he's a shadow of his former self now, lying there, sort of embalmed, but I think it's it, most of it's plaster by the look of it. Uh, I would have wanted to see Eva Peron, but I think finally she's been buried, even though when they, they lost her during the war, I think, poor old Eva Peron. She was dragged around by her husband. And then at one point they lost her, and then they found her in some storage area in her uh, in this box that they'd sealed her up in, but her nose had fallen off. And so they had to put the nose back. It was all a bit peculiar, and the papers went through it. But uh, this man here has got quite clearly the death wish. He says, visiting the dead makes them seem more alive. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Don't don't put him right on that one. They're definitely dead. But uh, Noel Gordon. It's very interesting, very interesting. She died in 85, I think it was, Noel Gordon. Those people who remember. I think, to be honest with you, it was when they axed her from Crossroads. Uh, Victoria Wood... Uh, and uh, somebody else, did, Julie Walters, did a, a great sketch on it, you know, uh, because it was a crossroads people used to laugh at, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I used to love that that whole programme. I love the people in it. It's so funny when you when you look back on it now and think that it took over so much of our television. And so when these people get buried, uh, people go round. I think there is a, a website called findagrave.com, and you can find out where, where your favourite loved one is buried. But it's... I wanted to go over to America. I don't know if you remember a film. It was called... It, Bob Hope made this film called The Seven Little Foy's. And it was about a, a musical turn years and years ago. Uh, in fact, you can get it up on the internet, actually, on Wikipedia, The Seven Little Foy's. And it was Eddie Foy. And I think Bob Hope played Eddie Foy. And Eddie Foy had all these kids. And uh, his, his wife, sadly, died. And so he didn't know what, what to do with, with the kids, and so he decided that he would he would take them out as a as a touring act. And so the film, I think, made in about 1955. It was interesting that Bob Hope played Eddie Foy, but James Cagney, who you might all remember as being the person who went you dirty rat and played all these things, but in fact was a song and dance man. And his hero, his hero uh, was uh, John Travolta. John Travolta met. James Cagney, and he reprised his role as George M. Cohan, and they did that tabletop dance showdown. It's a great film to watch. Uh, The Seven Little Foy's had a stage musical version. There was a TV uh, version as well. And so all the, uh, strange enough, in the film that was made about them, even though it was people playing the parts, it was uh, the second eldest foy, Charlie, who narrated it. He narrated the film, and they're all buried in the same cemetery. The whole family had been reunited, so you had Bob Hope and you had uh, all the other little Foys it Was Mary Foy, Richard Foy, Charlie Foy, Brian Lincoln Foy, Madeline Foy, Eddie Foy Jr., Irving Foy, and they all got. I think there is a a, a thing actually that uh, that shows the grave. They're all buried there, barring one, I think. All buried there, and there was. A, I remember finding a picture on the internet of the grave. There it is, Eddie Foy Park. It's in uh, New Rochelle. In New York, and they say here uh, the the plaque reads on this site once stood the home of Eddie and Madeleine Foy and the seven little foys whose talents and abilities in the entertainment field won national and international acclaim. In gratitude for their many happy years in New Rochelle, the Foy family donated the land for this park in appreciation and fond remembrance. This tablet is dedicated. Brian, Charles, Richard, Eddie, Jr., Madeleine, Mary and Irving. Get the fi- if you've not seen the film, it's, it's really, it's very interesting. Bob Hope being him, you know, himself. And, uh, and the Foy family grave with Eddie, Dick, Eddie Foy Jr., Irving, Mary Foy and uh, Charles and Clara and Madeline, wife of Eddie Foy, who died first, I think. And that's why I had to take the kids, kids out in the road. It's a very moving story. Very moving story. Very funny. Very funny. But they were real people. So that's why when people talk about going round to visit the graves of all these people, that's the sort of grave that I would... You know, I'd want to go to Houdini's grave. I'd want to go and see all these kind of things. Failing that me own, I suppose. Not that I think I'm going to have a grave. I've decided that. We talked about this the other I don't know why we were talking about it. But people start sort of worrying as they get a bit older. You start walking past cemeteries going, hmm, nice. Very quiet. Daily Mirror this morning. Front page. Uh, Cam's pay-for-care scandal. David Cameron's health reforms are allowing hospitals to cash in on misery by charging patients for ops that used to be free. They can now make millions offering care now rationed by the NHS due to cuts. Labour's Andy Burnham says we have to wake people up to what is happening. It's a shocking betrayal of the NHS. Or the thing that as far I always found shocking about the NHS, the same as most other people in this country, is people who arrive on an aeroplane from somewhere else and book themselves straight into hospital, end up with thousands and thousands of pounds worth of surgery done free. As far as I'm concerned, it's like America. You turn up, do you have health insurance? No. what happens? Well, you're going to die then, aren't you? You know, terrible. You have to. You've got to make people pay for their surgery. I don't want to sort of train doctors up, and then see it, uh, and then see it just thrown away by you know the ambulance planes that sort of turn up. Uh, yes, we remember Meg Mortimer. Thank you, Sandy Richardson, who really was in a wheelchair in Crossroads. He really was. And David Hunter, who even though he was gay, he married um, a woman because his uh, his uh, partner died. Uh, Tim says I've seen Doc Holliday's grave. He says, I bet you don't even know who Doc Holiday is. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. Of course I know who Doc Holiday is. He's very famous, isn't he? Wasn't he part of the the Wild West, I think? Uh, 84850, co dot lbc.co.uk. Um, another one here. Uh, this is, uh, I went to the, the Royal Newbury Berkshire County show, says Sue Ann in Stockwell. Uh, gorgeous weather. Horrible B&B. No garden. Oh right, but it's very, it's, we use our house used to back on, used to back on to uh, to the Royal Newbury Show. Now they've moved it uh, a little bit further up, I'm afraid, but it's still a, it's still a great show actually, still a great show. I'm um, On here, try sure and weave in as many of these as possible. So so many have come in actually. Uh, on the the travel, I must tell you very quickly: uh, the M25 anti-clockwise junction twenty-six Waltham Abbey. Which is where you can't spit anymore, isn't it, Waltham Abbey? So that's good fun. Two lanes are closed after an accident. More info. Uh, Steve, re Stella, English. her properties are no doubt buy to let, so the taxpayers likely to be paying a tenant's rent by a housing benefit. Dreadful. Kayleigh's a very regal name, says Matt. Yes, I suppose Kayleigh could be considered a regal name. I don't know, this is what, after we were asked uh, what would be a, a reasonable name. Steve, I did email you back over James when you first asked me, and I thought you had it. I think you remember saying you couldn't get uh, have a scottish he sounds. It's a few years ago, though, as it's fallen off the end of the podcast. He's married to Anne-Marie Duff. Lovely. This is, uh, this is James, who we're going to be talking about. He says, I think you spoke to him about the film about Idi Min, the last king of Scotland, in which he played a doctor. Would that ring... oh, I can't remember. Is that what I talked to him about? Is it a good film? The trouble is, you know, you do so many interviews. And I can't... So that was a few years ago. That was a few years ago. But, see, I can't remember half these things. <laughs> I'm terrible at remembering things. Isn't it funny? Somebody says, oh, you talk to somebody. And I went, right. And then they go... You do, and then they play it back to you. And you go, oh, right. Of course. Very interesting. Uh, Jenny says, what do you think of Pudsey getting sick whilst filming? Rush to the vets. Turns out he has uh, a ham sandwich. Poor soul. Yes, poor old... But you've got to hang on to Pudsey. He's a bit of an investment, isn't he, Pudsey? You don't want to lose uh, Pudsey anytime time soon. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, time now, 14 minutes past six.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: I drive through Pratt's Bottom every day, says Jackie. We were doing funny place names. I'm afraid I have to hold my hands up and confess to you that I didn't use the rude names on the free podcast yesterday. (laughs) and because some of them were just a bit too rude. Funny, but but rude at the same time, I'm afraid. Uh, Pratt's Bottom has a few shops only. At a petrol garage, amongst the shops, a Christian bookshop, says Jackie, which among the surrounding fields and horses grazing I find strange, but I do wave to Angela and Bob as I drive through. And so you should so you should 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk Alan says wasn't the woman pregnant in Crossroads I mentioned Yonksio pregnant for 11 months I don't know I mean I just we used to laugh the thing they used to laugh about Crossroads was the fact the set moved that's what they used to say they said the walls moved because it was a it was a set it was was set in King's Oak I think I'm pretty certain it was King's Oak that it was set it was very funny whatever it was and I liked it uh what's wrong with the m twenty five between junction twenty five and twenty four uh I think uh it's an accident i think uh the Peruvian drug mules have had their guilty pleas rejected the per- Peru prosecutors want a hearing to find out more about where the drugs came from Well we know where they came from and they've told us where they where they picked them up from and uh, if the guilty plea is accepted though they will get six years, not two well they've already dropped the uh, the two on the head it's now minimum six years they brought that in literally just before this case. Literally just before the uh, the case, uh, a lot of people talking about Asda only spotted by a member of staff. This mental patient outfit, and obviously somebody went. What the? And to, to be to be brutally frank with you, I wouldn't have thought the staff noticed things like that in Asda, and they don't strike me as being those sort of people. But well done that they did. And Asda, I mean, obviously this but this went all the way through. The planning stage. Okay, so for Halloween we've got the mental patient outfit. Then we've got this one, you know, sword comedy sword through neck or axe in head or whatever it happens to be, and um, and nobody spotted this one. So the mental patient outfit got through. They found out. They immediately because you've got to do it fast nowadays. They had to issue their apology and say we're very sorry. It was a, it was an oversight and uh, we weren't at all sure how it happened. I thought, well, somebody will know about it. Somebody will have a, the idea of what's going on. Front page of the Express is the apprentice winner, Stella English. I'm broken. it's all down to Lord Sugar. No, it's down to the fact you're incompetent. That's what it is. Her businesses have collapsed, um, and she's apparently going on benefits. Somebody else useless. You know, you would have thought, actually, by now, they can't get benefits that quickly. She said she's not worked since July. She doesn't appear to have made any effort to do anything. Her clothing business has collapsed, her marriage collapsed, but she's got three houses, so it will be fantastic, isn't it? Uh, The Daily Mail, the misery of being fatter than your husband. That'll appeal to a lot of people in the uh, female magazine. Uh, Apprentice star Stella sobs, I'm down to my last £200. Well, go and get a job then. I love these people, they just sit back on their fat bottoms and they go, well, let's make the government give us some money. No, get out there and go what do you think people do? Go and road sweep. Is that beneath you or something? Can you not do anything like that? Got three three properties. You must be able to do something. You must be fit for purpose, I'm assuming. Ed Miliband was accused of economic vandalism after his shocked proposal to fix energy prices wiped two billion from the value of Britain's two largest power firms. More on that on the Daily Mail today. The Daily Star die murder SAS man in fear of his life. We track him down on the run in Thailand. It can't be that difficult to find. He's only gone to Thailand. And, um, apparently... (laughs) Dear. uh, Ex-MP Gordon Brown spin doctor Damien McBride has claimed that Randy MPs in Booze Craze Westminster are having more sex than Hollywood stars. Grief. How do they know that? Catherine Tilsley. Very boring. Um, is sick to death of men tweeting her rude pictures of themselves. Russell Brand has been told he's not boyfriend material by Jemima Cart. Well, he's, that's why he's had lots of relationships. Nobody stays with him very long. They suddenly realise after a while, you know, you're not... Uh, pff, there's, there's a, you know, he's of no interest to anybody. Um, Victoria Beckham is to star, apparently, in her own online reality show. Posh will give fans a look at her home life with megastar David... Viewers were also promised the chance of online chats with the fashion designer in a link up with video calling Service Skype. Yeah, right. You think she's got enough time to start sitting down and doing that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um Other stories of the papers today. Act of a rebel. This is TV body language expert Judy James. I mean what how old is she? Ninety? Ninety-five? Difficult to tell, really. But she says twerking. Apparently uh, imitates about the most obvious sexual display in the animal kingdom, the most basic animal mating ritual. Oh dear! Have you seen people twerking? I saw a picture of an LBC presenter twerking. I became quite queasy. Apparently, have you ever done it? Have you done twerking? It, well, that's what I thought it was. A, I thought it was a Beyonce thing. I've seen a man doing it. A man twerking. Imagine exactly. That's shocked you on a Thursday, hasn't it? going to rehab after that one. Uh, every praying for Paul Gascoigne that he can beat the booze addiction. I think it's highly unlikely. He's appeared to show no interest in beating the booze addiction. Uh, Phil Neville says, I felt sad watching it. Gary Lineker wrote heart-wrenching. Yeah, but of course he made it, presumably, so he gets a bit more money in the bank and he can go and, you know, go down the betting shop and do everything else. I don't, don't quite understand where we're going with uh, with poor old Gascoigne. Uh, Parliament is the binge-drinking capital of Britain and more sex-driven than Hollywood. So says Damien McBride. I think the book's gone into reprint. I think there was the the first run, and now there's uh, there's a second run coming out. Uh, James McAvoy, who's playing a junkie cop in a film called Filth, which I'm seeing on Monday. And then I think we'll be talking to him next week. And uh, new mum Rochelle Humes is sick of people mistaking her daughter, Aaliyah May, for a boy... Easily done, I suppose. Easily done. and uh, The TV apprentice, Babe, on benefits. There's nothing babe about stellar English, I'm afraid, at all. Three houses, honestly. Couldn't make it up, could you, really? Uh, the son on the front page, the man who's grown a nose on his forehead. Have you seen that picture? Which was on the television yesterday. I, thought, I found it slightly disturbing. And um, his, his own nose looks perfectly OK. It's like, didn't they do it on a mouse some years ago? They grew an ear on the side of a mouse, on its back or something like that. I mean, as if that's a place to put an ear... I mean, that poor mouse, now intimidated by all the other mice, going, what have you got there? It's an ear. What, well, on your back? Dreadful, isn't it, really? Uh, this is your captain sleeping. Jet flies on autopilots as both pilots were asleep. It's an Airbus. Uh, the passengers remained unaware. The pilot and the co-pilot nodded off. I suppose that, you know, in this picture on the front, I appreciate what they're saying, but I suppose you are aware that, in fact, planes can fly by themselves. It can land by itself. It can stay up there by itself. Uh, I didn't see uh, Watchdog last night. I do like Watchdog. I do like Anne Robinson. But apparently she's done something interesting to her mouth. New teeth put in, I should imagine. And uh, Joan says the popularity of Pudsey is driven by the publicity generated by a teenage handler. I've seen the act and there's nothing there dogs at our obedience club don't do. Yes, I've said that too, or if you go to a circus. If you want to see fantastic demos, watch the doggy dancing at Crufts by Richard or Mary Ray. So there you go. So uh, that's it. Just about it for this morning, I'm afraid. We will have a free podcast up for you. And that'll be in around about uh, 30 minutes' time. And then the rest of the show you can podcast a little bit later on. Uh, the weather today, a bit of a mixture. Um, I'm not too sure. One of the other papers was saying we're going to have sleet and rain and all the rest of it. But I'm hoping not too much at all. Uh, 200,000 mothers forced into jobs. Well, it'll be stellar English, won't it? That's on the front of the uh, the Telegraph. Uh, Ten Britons may have died in the Kenya massacre. And a cancer test could spare women chemotherapy. If we run Elizabeth Hurley this week, we're talking about breast cancer because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month where they try and raise an awful lot of money and you're probably arranging things as well. And don't forget the Macmillan's... Uh, raising a lot of money. They're having coffee mornings all over the place at the Twickenham Tavern with Claire and Al. They've got something today, I think. It's either today or tomorrow. And they'll be raising as much money as possible with cake and coffee and nice stuff like that. So we wish everybody well with a big coffee morning for Macmillan Cancer Research. Have a great day. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Nick and the team at 7. Next, The Morning News with Lisa Raziz. What makes-